Century 11. It's 46 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The Senate will take a vote today aimed at ending the government shutdown. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is asking his fellow lawmakers to reopen the government. A key vote is set for noon today. Republicans are behind a proposed funding extension to February 8th with a firm commitment to take up the so-called Dreamers issue separately and soon. Democrats want longer protection, uh, long-term protection for Dreamers, those young immigrants brought to the U.S. illegally when they were children children. Nearly two-thirds of all doctors in the U.S. feel burned out and depressed. A new survey by Medscape questioned over 15,000 doctors about depression and burnout. One out of three doctors who are depressed said they are more easily exasperated by patients. 32% said they are less engaged with patients and 29% said they are less friendly. Nearly 15% of depressed doctors said their depression might cause them to make errors they wouldn't ordinarily make. And 5% said depression has led them to make errors that might have harmed patients. Brutally honest friends are the friends you want to keep. We all have that one friend who really just tells it like it is. She or he never holds back on uh, their honest opinion, even if it might be offensive or hurt your feelings. Well, it turns out those mean friends are the ones you really want to keep in your close circle because they're the ones that always have your back. A new study found friends who tell you the truth that you need to hear instead of just trying to make you feel better are the kinds of friends that you should want to keep around. It's hard, and honestly, I don't know how Steve Byrne maintains a friendship with Gary Cannon because <laughs> Gary... And it's not it's it's not necessarily like he's telling the truth, but he's roasting him like we've done weekends together. Oh yeah, where it never stops. It's only the three of us. There's nobody else around, <laughs> and he's still taking every opportunity to just shred Steve about something. Find a way to bring up how bad Sullivan and Son was. Gary Cannon is so good at that. He's just, I mean, he's the greatest. Any team, time he's been on the show, he just torches everybody. Everyone. And, it, and he it's, finally torched me once, which made me feel like part of the, the crew. What did he say? I don't remember, but I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, he took a shot I'm, at I've you. been accepted. <laughs> <laughs> A sequel to the 1994 Robin Williams fantasy adventure film remains North America's top movie for the third straight week. I didn't know this was a sequel. I thought it was just a reboot. What movie is it? Jumanji. Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, I thought I thought they were just redoing it. Yeah, that's what I thought, but this story says it is a sequel. Uh, it earned an additional $20 million for a total of $317 million in the U.S. and Canada wow. since its release five weeks ago. Coming in second is 12 Strong, which sold over $16 million in tickets in its debut weekend. Rounding out the top five are Den of Thieves, The Post, and The Greatest Showman. Star Wars The Last Jedi dropping to eighth. The 2018 Screen Actors Guild Awards happened last night. Did you watch? I didn't. I was watching football. Oh. Really? At 8 o'clock at night? Yeah. The Eagles. Well, that was the, a 6 o'clock game, so yeah, it went until about 9. Yeah, the late game. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty boring, but I would love if all award shows were two hours. That's it. Is that's Two yeah. hours, Succinct. get them done, do the hits, to get the, to everybody's the point. out. Yes. Uh, the big winner this year, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which won Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture. Uh, Frances McDormand got uh, Outstanding Performance by a Female in a Leading Role for her work in Three Billboards. Sam Rockwell, Outstanding uh, act Performance by a Male Actor in a Supporting Role. 
TV side, This Is Us won outstanding performance by an ensemble in a drama series and outstanding performance by a male actor in a drama series. Uh, Sterling K. Brown got that. Veep also won two awards for outstanding performance by an ensemble in a comedy series and outstanding performance by a female actor in a comedy series for Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Kristen Bell, the host, uh, first time there was ever a host for this award show and all the presenters were females. While the uh, stars did not show up all in black, the Time's Up movement was a recurring topic on the red carpet and during the show. Slack, I forgot to tell you, I have sound. Uh, Morgan Freeman won the Lifetime Achievement Award. Can we play sound for me? This is beyond honor. This is a place in history. And he actually called out someone who was talking when he was going. Like Somebody was sitting right up front. He's like, hello. I need you to shut your mouth. Uh, so, yeah, he was given that award. Uh, do you want to hear any? It's all really boring stuff. Have some stuff. respect, for God's sake. <laughs> um, I'll tell you how they can make an award show shorter. And, I, yeah, I do want to hear the sound. Just honestly, don't include the technical awards as part of the broadcast. Yeah. You get like the I said, award. Do the hits on TV. Get out. It's an award show. Show is the most important part. So you get the award, but you're not in the show. And the I, because it has to just be the stars, the best actor, the best supporting actor, the director, cares. the really writer. Nobody really cares about costumes. I mean, Editing. it's important. It's essential. But nobody knows who you are. Right. And that award only matters to the industry people anyway. If you have the award, you're going to get the gig. Somebody that's watching in Idaho doesn't need to see. You know, you have your moment. <laughs> Best lighting. <laughs> right. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah, they just we just want to see the, the superstars. And if this show can do it with its with, with honoring movie and television, there's no reason the Oscars shouldn't be able to. Yeah, this is just acting. That's it. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Bell hosting the show. It's a true privilege to experience and share the wide scope of humanity through storytelling. You know, the skating queen, the grieving mother, the ladybird, even the sea monster. Everyone's story deserves to be told, especially now. We are living in a watershed moment, and as we march forward with active momentum and open ears, Let's make sure that we're leading the charge with empathy and with diligence, because fear and anger never win the race. Sterling Sabachina. K. Brown. She sounded like she was my yoga teacher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're going to go into the standing lotus. Sterling K. Brown won for uh, This Is Us. I love him. To my sure. glorious cast of This Is Us. I... <sighs> You guys feed me day in, day out. You raise the bar to my white family, which thankfully is nothing like the family from Get Out. <laughs> I love you. To my TV wife, Susan Kelechi Watson, let's keep on repping for the people. To the two other young actors that play Randall, to, to Lonnie and Niles, thank you for making the work so easy and so seamless. To all those people out there still hustling, Trying to, trying to make it. The fame won't sustain you. The money won't sustain you. The love. Keep that love alive. It'll keep you going. 
Uh, Nicole Kidman won for Big Little Lies. Susan Sarandon and, um, and Jessica Lange, I revere you. I've watched you. Um, and I've learned from you. And there's others, Meryl Streep, Jane Fonda, Judy Davis, Isabel Huppert, Shirley MacLaine, Judy Dench. The list is so long, and I would love to say so many more names, but I can't right now. But I want to thank you all for your trailblazing performances you've given over your career, and how wonderful it is that our careers today can go beyond 40 years old. Because <laughs> 20 years ago, we were pretty washed up by this stage in our lives. So that's not the case now. We've proven, and these actresses and so many more are proving that we are potent and powerful and viable. Um, I just beg that the industry stays behind us because our stories are finally being told. It's only the beginning. And I'm so proud to be a part of a community that, it in, that is instigating this change. But I implore the writers, directors, studios, and financiers to put passion and money behind our stories. We have proven that we can do this, we can continue to do this, but only with the support of this industry and that money and passion. That's nice. Serena said she snuck in a couple episodes of Big Little Lies. She started as. Oh, series. you guys haven't watched it? No. Oh, you got to watch it. She told yeah, really me good. that it's a like it's a show for females. She's like, you you won't like it. I think you will. I mean, it's definitely. And I took that as a slight. I'm like, <laughs> what? You think I'm not evolved enough to like a show that has nuance? It's definitely um, probably leans more to females, but it's really good. It's winning you, you, a ton yeah, of awards. It, yeah, it seems to be the t it. This is us seem to be the TV favorites this year. Three billboards is the movie favorite. And you did you ever watch This Is Us? Yeah, I watch it. Oh, you watch it. Yeah. So you're all the way current on uh, it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I started and I, I honestly I, I loved it. I yeah. thought I was going to not like it, especially because when it first came out, they had just canceled Mike and Molly. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a little bit of rip of a rip off yeah. from that and i remember billy tweeting out that was us <laughs> yeah. at the time which was definitely not even a veiled shot just a straight shot yeah. at that at that cast but then i watched the show and i actually talked to billy about it and i was like what do you think and he's like dude it's awesome yeah it's a very if you like this is us then you'll like big little lies and especially in the it's first got season way less teary it just makes you angry yeah because in this one, it was like there was some some heartstring moments, but also like a ton of Pittsburgh in it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. where do they they grew up in Bethel Park? Is, yeah, isn't that the fictional? I think so. Yeah, place that they are mm -hmm. supposedly grew up. Yeah, and they said it's the whitest place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Sterling K. Brown said that. <laughs> Can you confirm? Uh, Check with Tim. <laughs> he should know. Next Sunday, the Grammy Awards, and then I think the Oscars after that, and that's kind of award season, right? Yeah, the Oscars are usually towards the end of February every year. Which the the Grammys and the Oscars are the ones that are so long. So long. Like three and a half hours. I don't think they're going to be that long this year. I, God, I think I people not. are in a huge rush to get off the stage. Yeah, that you, could You know be, what I mean? Like nobody could. wants to soak in this moment. Uh, forecast today, occasional rain, 60 degrees for the high today. Uh, coming up at 9.30 this morning, Mike Florio of ProFootballTalk.com. I never want to watch football again. Ever. After that.
Patriots. I was so angry. Well, I hate to uh, to make you angrier, but it's the worst possible Super Bowl scenario for Pittsburgh fans. It's Philly and New England. I think I was more upset at, over that loss yesterday uh, than the Steelers lost last Sunday. Because they strung us along and made us think, hey, wait a second. Jacksonville might actually beat this team. Yeah. They hung with them all game. Took two. Well, I, I'm not uh, the 15 yarder knocking Gronk out might have been a good. That might have been worth it. But the the immediately the next play, oh. they take a 10 yard penalty and score a touchdown. New yeah. England scores a touchdown. But and then uh, you're like, okay, well, officials helped them get back into this game. Oh, and somebody tweeted a uh, like a gif last night of one of the the referees going oh, yeah. over and patting Tom on the back. Nice job. Yeah. In the middle of their celebration. Yeah. So we'll talk a, a lot about that, I'm sure, today. Yeah, if, uh, Super Bowl is set. Did you see anything coming out of Philly? Uh, no, not overnight. Oh, I my just was God. So, I was so pissed off after that Patriots win that I really kind of didn't pay much attention. This is before the game. I know they gr- Crisco the light poles. Yeah, they so Crisco they, so they the light poles them. so that people wouldn't climb them. Uh, Vikings fans are walking into the stadium, and Philly fans are just firing I did see beers that. at them. Yeah, this is before Full, the yeah, game. Yeah, I did see that. After the game, Broad Street was just full blown mayhem. Like there was a guy at the top of one of the uh, light poles, and you just know one of the you know the Chris goers was just like, "Damn, we missed one. <laughs> <laughs> they found the one we missed." <laughs> But so, yeah, it's uh, terrible. Yeah, we'll talk about that quite a bit today. Don't forget, Workforce Cash every hour, top of the hour with the morning show. It's actually all day long from 6 a.m. to 9 nice. p.m. You have a chance to win 1000 bucks. so listen for that. It's the DVE Morning Show. It's a DVE Morning Show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford and Mike Pursuta coming in in just a few minutes talking uh, sports. You know, news came out over the weekend that Le'Veon Bell missed pretty much all of the walkthrough the day before the game against the Jaguars. Yep. Showed up with about five minutes left. And then I also read he got to the game late. Yep. Not a good look for Le'Veon no. Bell. No, not good news to come out after a loss. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if Mike's going to talk about that, but I'm sure it will be a topic of conversation through the morning. Son of a bitch in Patriots <laughs> won yesterday. Ah, <laughs> New England. So it's uh, the Patriots and the Eagles in the Super Bowl two uh, weeks from yesterday. What do we root for? Just fist fights in the stands? I don't know. I don't. I Double knockouts? Do not want to watch. Oh. I, I guess I have <sighs> to, but I do not want to watch that game. There's going to be so many fights. There's going to be so many fights because if you, like I went to that Patriots game, the Patriots friends are... Like, Steeler fans on the road probably times 10 because they've won yeah, for the last so decade. arrogant. And-, and Philly fans are, I mean, it, they might as well be right out of a Mad Max movie. <laughs> well, I mean, look, if anybody can counteract the annoying and won't put up with the crap of New England Patriots fans... You know, it wouldn't be the oh, nice. It wouldn't be the nice people from Minnesota. That's for sure. It's what it's what they deserve. Yeah. It's what those fans deserve. That they, they, they might look at that and get like all the videos coming out of Philadelphia from yesterday and go, eh, you know, may, we've been doing enough Super Bowls, man. Let's sit this one out. <laughs> I'm gonna tuck my Gronk jersey <laughs> right. right behind my coat. 
Mike's up next with sports. It's a DVE morning show. This report. DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuit for DVE Sports. It is a rematch of Super Bowl 39 in Super Bowl 52. The Patriots and the Eagles. New England defeated Philadelphia 24-21 on February the 6th, 2005 in Jacksonville. The Eagles get their chance for Patriots revenge in Minneapolis a week from Sunday. A fascinating day of football from my perspective, mm-hmm. guys, and particularly the AFC Championship game. Patriots 24, Jaguars 20. Here's where it got away from Jacksonville in my estimation. 14-10, 55 seconds left in the second quarter. Right before ja- the half. Jacksonville has two timeouts, had just given up a touchdown, and Jacksonville decides to take a knee yeah, twice and kill the half. Really? You're going to just throw away a possession against Tom Brady in New England because you think your defense is that good? You got 14 points, you're good? You don't need any more against Brady? I mean, I guess the strategy, Mike, was to just not do anything stupid, not try to push it because they knew they were getting the ball in the second half. But that seemed like a real play to not lose instead of play to yep. win kind of mentality. And that's another Why... Why did they defer? I know New England didn't score, and it's well. I got would they get a field goal in the first possession? Yeah, yeah. That's another good idea. Let's give the ball to Brady first. What were they thinking? I don't know. What were they? Did they think their defense was that good? Yes, and it looked like it was for about fifty minutes, Mike. Yeah, Jacksonville got what it deserved, I thought, and Brady was masterful. The third and eighteen. Oh. It's one of those plays that will live on in history after New England goes on and wins the Super Bowl. The uh, touchdown pass to Amendola, the game winner. Ridiculous was, catch uh, by Amendola. Montana to Dwight Clark-esque. Yep. Uh, that's going to live on in, uh, forever after the Patriots win the Super Bowl. And uh, what can you say about Tom Brady except he is the best of all time? And it's, I hate him. It's, <laughs> it's, you can say that too. I hate him I, and he is. And uh, James Harrison helped the Patriots win that game. Oh. You just knew it, didn't you? Yes. I mean, Mike, we called that. How many that. times was he in on sacks or late? Got came in late. A lot of pressure, right? Yeah, a lot of pressure. Now this is what pisses Steeler fans off. They don't love James Harrison. They're pissed at the Steelers. How in the world they should be pissed? At did the that Steelers. guy not crack the lineup when we couldn't sniff Bortles all game? Or if you're convinced he can't crack your lineup, why do you not at least suspend him other than cutting him free and letting him go to the Patriots and right. make them better? Why wasn't he reprimanded earlier in the season when he's yeah. sleeping in team meetings? Why wasn't he playing? Then he wouldn't have been sleeping in the team meetings. Why wasn't there a 15-play Harrison package? That's all he would have needed to stay on point. Stopping the run. I mean, he was just setting the edge yeah. all night. Doing what he does. Oh, he can't cover. Here's an idea. Don't have him do that then. <laughs> I don't know if you watch the game. None of them can cover. He can rush the passer in the fourth quarter of a big game. No fancy tricks. Just I'm going to run yeah. straight at you and overpower you. Cam Robinson, first-round pick out of Alabama. Welcome to the NFL, kid. You got an education yesterday. Patriots move on. Uh, the Eagles game not nearly as exciting Philadelphia spots Minnesota seven on the first possession, and then outscores the Vikings thirty-eight to nothing the rest of the way. <laughs> Nick Foles twenty-six to thirty-three for three hundred and fifty-two yards, 
three touchdowns, no interceptions. His passer rating was 141.4. Unbelievable. And the Eagles Nick look, Foles. Eagles look great. Their defense looked great. They have a variety of weapons. They all look great. Is Philadelphia, is it burned to the ground yet? Has anybody checked? Uh, I think there's still a couple buildings still standing. <laughs> and, and guys, this me, is what they do when they win. To me, your dilemma's got to be clear. I, I, I get that you hate Philadelphia and the Eagles because they're from Philly, but you hate the Patriots more, don't you? Yeah, oh, of course. I don't You're a Steelers fan. Watch this game. There's not a dispute about who's number one on the hate list, right? It's, no. It's New England, then it's everybody else. Yes. So you root for Philadelphia to win, and then you hope Philadelphia burns to the ground. <laughs> Win and hope that they burn their city to the ground. Which could happen. I mean, I mean, they're going to have to Crisco the the, the if, Liberty Bell. <laughs> I don't think the first thing's going to happen. But if the first thing happens, it's even money on the second. No question. I mean, if they party like that when they win and roll, oh, bye bye Minnesota. And they've been doing this forever, Mike. Uh, as you probably know, you're well aware. Benjamin Franklin originated the fire department. You know, because hmm. Philadelphia, they've been burning stuff to the ground for, Out of necessity. for 300 years, 400 after, years. After we beat England, hell of a party on Broad Street, baby. <laughs> well, that's how Benjamin Franklin parties. He's he's uh, flying kites with strings in it <laughs> in the lightning storm. <laughs> uh, good stuff in the uh, National Football League. Yeah, that was fun. I honestly, I, I I'll tell you who I feel bad. You didn't really for. think Jacksonville was going to ever win that game at any point, did you? I actually yes. did. Yeah, did you? I said before that, the game because too, I thought because they Mike, win. this this that defense to me looked like echoes of Ravens two thousand. It was pretty good. They was- like you know Bortles is a game manager, and that defense on every play is trying to end somebody's life. They fly to the ball and tackle like I haven't seen another team in quite a bit. I just you know the way they played, uh, the way the Jaguars played at the end of the game too. They're playing clock and they're yep. playing conservative. They keep punting the ball back to Tom Brady. Really? This and they stop getting pressure. Like I, I don't you know think what you're Tom get said away to him with this at half, but he was just basically. I mean, they were roughing him up. They stopped getting to him. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to go all game. With pass rushers. Oh, know. and then they ran the commercial for that documentary about him. Oh God, Tom versus Time. Yes. By the way, let me let me clear up a couple of things I saw floating around the internet. I know people are looking for reasons to hate New England and feel outraged. The referee memes or gifs or whatever the hell you call them. <laughs> the guy congratulates both teams. He pats Brady on the back and then he slaps number fifty-five of Jacksonville That's fake news. on the shoulder. <laughs> Mike, don't Wrong. don't clear this up for us. Um, Wrong. And this this kind of thing happens after no games. Referees interact with the players and say nice job from both teams. And the other one where they say the guy's celebrating with the Patriots, Deion Lewis scores a touchdown. Miles Jack tackles him five yards in the end zone. Lewis gets up all pissed off. The Patriots linemen are running over to congratulate their running back, and then they think there might be a little uh, brouhaha breaking out. So the referee's running over to push the Patriots away from the Jaguars. It's not a conspiracy, kids. They're just better. Okay. Well, if you if you watch the games and put your phones down for five minutes, you'll realize the Patriots are better. They got called for one penalty, yeah. Mike. Steel's one got, penalty. Steelers got yards. called for one penalty when they beat the Bengals this year. I didn't hear any outrage in October. I didn't hear any conspiracy theories in October. They're just better. Put the phone down. Watch the game and figure it the f out.
They're just better. Here ends oh, the lesson. You're seriously pissed about that. Well, it, it, it amazes me how stupid people are and how they go out of their way to piss themselves off and excuse make and whine and cry. Sports is supposed to teach you how to take one in the chops and come back stronger yeah. and overcome adversity and never quit. It's not supposed to teach you to make excuses and cry like a bitch My- every time your team doesn't win. <laughs> My philosophy on playing the Patriots is that you have to beat them where you have to be in a position where one play does one call doesn't screw you yes. because inevitably yes. in every game without question they are getting that call. And here's what else you have to be in a position not to give the ball back to Tom Brady in a one-score game where he could beat your ass. Cuz guess what? He's gonna he's gonna I don't like, know, was there was there a call that decided that game? Did I miss that call? I don't know. I think you've uh you watched a little too much Philadelphia. I think you're getting a little uh, think? A little riled up Maybe. over there. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. We better uh, grease the door handles. Are there any batteries in there? Yeah. Can no. you hide them? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's, I know everybody hates the Patriots. That, that drive, when it, starting on the third and 18, and the way they're up against the wall, and they're down 10, and it's the fourth quarter, and they don't have Gronk. That was great football. They that, don't that was, blink. That was tremendous football. They, they're so calm because they've been there so yeah. many times. And they just keep doing it. They're just they're they're a generational team, a generational franchise. Did you see Belichick when he got handed the Lamar Hunt trophy? <laughs> it was like the thing had a disease. He was like, "Get this thing away from me!" And then they asked him about Tom Brady playing with his with his cut hand, and he goes, "Look." Not open heart. It's not open heart surgery here, guys. He did okay. It's like, dude, that's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Belichick's like, yeah, he's all right. The other thing is, I think it's okay to be happy for Harrison. Uh, it didn't end well here, and he probably reacted as poorly as the Steelers evaluated his potential to contribute. They're both at fault for the way it ended, but what was it before that, 14 years? And the Super Bowl and the whole Body no, of work. No question. Body of work in his career. You can't be happy for this guy that he gets a chance to go back and win another one? When no, not with When that. your team clearly no, I'm not happy for him. didn't want him? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not happy for him at all. I uh, just don't. I don't hate him as much as I'm flabbergasted that the Steelers let him go to New England. I was amazed watching him come off the edge late in that game yesterday. I knew that he could. He has enough in the tank to go yeah. three games. He couldn't have lined up and done that the whole season, but we didn't. We set it up just right for him to be a contributor. Yeah, for them. For them. And that chaps my ass enough to make Blunt me pretty good for the Eagles. Too. Oh my God, he ran over everybody. Maybe they could give him Love Bell next year. <laughs> good Lord, <laughs> think the Patriots need a running back next year? They'll give him to Jacksonville probably. Why doesn't uh, Palomalu go coach up there? Break my heart some more. Fly Eagles fly. I enjoyed yesterday. They're just better. And that's why I did not enjoy yesterday. <laughs> that was always next year, Bill. Oh. Are you done? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, Mike Florio coming up at 930 this morning. It's a DVE morning show. 
Jurgles Rhythm Grill is your venue for a great rock and roll lineup. Upcoming shows include Osmosis, the ultimate Aussie tribute band, Friday, February 2nd. George Clinton, February 7th. The 8th annual Sheer to Beard, Friday, February 16th. Y&T, February 27th. Dokken, March 14th. The Musical Box, celebrating 50 years of Genesis, March 15th. Fozzie featuring Chris Jericho, April 3rd. Striper, May 10th. Slaughter, May 20th. Tickets for all shows at gerbils.com. A new study found friends who tell you the truth that you need to hear instead of just trying to make you feel better are the kinds of friends that you should want to keep around. It's hard, and honestly, I don't know how Steve Byrne maintains a friendship with Gary Cannon because <laughs> Gary, and it's not, it's, it's not necessarily like he's telling the truth, but he's roasting him like we've done weekends together. Oh, yeah. Where it never stops. It's only the three of us. There's nobody else around. <laughs> and he's still taking every opportunity to just shred Steve about something. Find a way to bring up how bad Sullivan and Son was. Gary Cannon is so good at that. <laughs> he's just... I mean... He's the greatest. Any time he's been on the show, he just torches everybody. Everyone. And it, and he finally torched me once, which made me feel like part of the, the crew. What did he say? I don't remember, but I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, he took a shot I'm, at I've you. been accepted. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's like my one buddy who is so quick to insult you that he does not let you get a full sentence out of whatever story you're about to go into. Like, oh, dude, the other day I was going to the, uh, to the mall. You and your little penis? <laughs> yeah, me yes. and my little yep. penis. Me and my tiny little guy. We were mm-hmm. going to the. Never mind. Yeah, he goes with me everywhere. Thanks. So, uh, yesterday, of course, Championship Sunday in the NFL, and uh, it's uh, no surprise the Patriots, and somewhat of surprise the Eagles. But I'm glad it's the Eagles. Like I, th- I, it'll be fun to watch Eagles fans. Oh my god! For the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think we learned that yesterday, if nothing else. I'm rooting for fistfights in the stands. Well, they they were beating each other up before the game yesterday. Yeah, they, that's how they practice. That's steel sharpens steel. Oh, okay. Jagoff sharpens Jagoff. They had to uh, Crisco <laughs> all of the poles downtown. Don't know if you saw that. They yeah, they missed they, a couple. They Criscoed up <laughs> all the uh, the uh, light posts and. I've uh, never seen that. Me, me neither. I don't know how far up the Crisco went. It went up like about twelve feet. All right. How did they get to the you know from. Seven feet to twelve feet. They had to have little ladders yeah, on every post. Ladders. So yeah. Somebody was on Crisco duty. They just went down Broad Street and uh, greased all the poles. All right. Which sounds like not a great job. No, not what you went into law enforcement for. Probably. Well, I don't know. I if think it was that's law kind of that's, probably city ordinance. Yeah, yeah that city, sounds uh, like a Craigslist thing. <laughs> seeking pole greaser. <laughs> well. Uh, there's that, and then, of course, Tom Brady leads his team back for a win yesterday, which was just, you know, felt like reliving last week all over again for some reason. But this time the Jaguars lost. And uh, I tweeted out that I thought James Harrison was going to be perceived as, you know, villainous again because he helped them win yesterday when it mattered most. James Harrison was there at the end to help sack Blake Bortles, strip sack. Yep. Uh, I pressured him on the final play of the game. Of course. Uh, so James Harrison helped them win. And I thought that Steeler fans would not make the like the distinguished uh, the distinction rather that you know uh, he should have never been left go. Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert should have protected him, and that they would always see him as somebody who just went to the Patriots. 
But uh, I think I'm wrong about that. I think I yeah. think a lot like the half of the responses were I'm burning my Harrison jersey, but well, maybe a little less than half were that, and then a little more than half were this is Tomlin's fault. I'll never forgive him for doing this. How did we let him go? We probably needed him. Might have been good to have him rushing uh, the quarterback last week. He had more sacks than our entire defense. <laughs> right. Combined. So did that absolve Harrison from leaving in the manner in which he did? Like, you know, Mike was no. saying off air, not his finest hour, the way he behaved. No, I don't, I don't think if he came back here, he could just crowd surf through Pittsburgh. But I think that the frustration last night was clearly directed at the team letting him go. Not to mention, to them, that the Steelers' soap opera continues after the season is over. So it wasn't that we just had to live week in and week out of the uh, NFL season with the latest plot twists in the drama-filled Steelers storyline. Oh, it's year-round now. The season ends, they lose the Jags, and then, uh, you know, Todd Haley might go to the Browns now as the offensive coordinator. He's in serious talks to be- become their offensive <laughs> coordinator. We learned that uh, hmm? Ben walked the the porn star up to her room ten years ago, even though that wasn't any time, you know, in the recent past. It's just news once again. Drama. Of course, our quarterback is somehow involved in the presidential uh, scandal, scandal in which he had in an affair with a porn star while his wife was home with her 10-week-old baby, or 10-month-old baby. And then Lev Bell, the story about Lev Bell, where he not only threatened to retire if they didn't franchise him, he showed up late to the walkthrough the day before the playoff game. Five minutes left in the walkthrough, he gets there. He shows up late to the game the next day as well. He was late for the Jags game. Then he went out and had two touchdowns, 160 yards from scrimmage, Probably could have had even more. Um, so I'm not sure how There's much no that affected his, him. His effort when he's in the game. But that kind of stuff corrodes uh, the discipline of the coach. Right, and, and the whole team. Because when you let a superstar culture. get away with that crap, how do you tell the guys who aren't that great, get in line? You're creating a hierarchy and people start to feel like, well, why aren't I judged on that level? And it it just creates discord and... And chaos. Yeah, so um, Mike Tomlin continued to catch crap from Steeler fans, where he's never been in a worse place. Well, and because, they went 13-3. and three. Because if you listen to the fans, the number one gripe above all else that I've ever heard about Tomlin's team is that they don't have discipline. They are undisciplined. Undisciplined. And when stories come out like this that reinforce what they're saying, it just... It's gasoline on a fire. I mean, there's probably a lot of workplaces like that. Sure. I mean, this one. <laughs> I mean, we were hanging on, you know, barely. Could come off the rails at any second. But so many. You're never at our walkthroughs, and that's a problem. <laughs> but there, you know, I think you can do it with one superstar. But they've got like. Four of them on that team right now. You know, Ben, Bell, the, the killer bees are all in a different atmosphere than the rest of that team. Those guys, no question. they're in rarefied air. And, you know, when with Ben's experience, age, tenure, et cetera, it's understandable that he would live by a different set of rules in terms of 
how much practice he has to do or if, you know. That's different than being allowed to to do stuff like show up late tweet for a walkthrough or. Tweet out crap taunting the other team. If the team says, yeah, you can take this this day off. I forgot to say that about Lev, too. He threatened his retirement if, if the Steelers didn't sign him to a long-term contract. Then he showed up with five minutes left in the walkthrough before the playoff game on Saturday. Then that night, he tweeted out bulletin board material for the Jags saying that we're getting a rematch with the Patriots, round twos, and then mm-hmm. uh, showed up late to the game the next day. Maybe he was tweeting while he was driving to the game and he wasn't paying attention <laughs> and took the wrong road. Uh, you know, that's, that's illegal now. So somehow, watching those games yesterday pissed me off again. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was so <laughs> mad. Anytime the Patriots are playing, I'm not going to be happy. Like Serena and I were watch hate watching that game, and honestly, it's crazy because she hates them more than I do, which we were, is which is insane. We were doing work on the house yesterday, and I said to Tim, "I have to be done by three o'clock." Yeah, <laughs> so you can do whatever you want. Partway through the game, I'm like, "Ah, oh, Jaguars are winning!" Oh yeah. At the end of the game, I went to him and I said, "The Patriots won." He said, "How do they win?" I said, they scored more points! (laughs) You moron! (laughs) I just walked away. I thought the beginning of that game, it made me, at first, it made me, the first half of that game made me feel better about the loss that we took to Jacksonville because that defense was all over Brady. They were just flying to the ball, tackling guys, just crushing them. And I thought, okay, well, we just got taken down by... You know, 85 Bears the, D. The, the best defense that yeah. we've seen in over a decade. And I thought that that was the storyline that I was comfortable with. And if they knocked off the Patriots, well, that would have been the best possible scenario. Who uh, who was it that broke up that pass at the end of the game for the uh, Pats? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember now. But uh, look, Blake Bortles completes that ball. He's gone. He's in the end zone. It's yeah. six. And it was actually. You know, if it was a little bit better throw, he makes it. But it was great D also. I mean, he see me. He hung in the air forever. I, I mean, that guy Bortles, almost. Bortles had a great game. He was awesome. Disciplined, stuck to a game plan, quick release, run it, the ball, mm, run, good. run, run. Which I don't know. When I watched that yesterday, I felt better about the Steelers' loss for th- about three quarters, and then in the yeah. fourth quarter, I'm like, oh. And then the ultimate sting of the see, Patriots. They're going to come back and win the game. This yep. is the part we didn't do. Yep. We had the three quarters of getting our ass beat, but then we let them. When the, when the Patriots stopped them, two, three and outs in the fourth, we let them go 90 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> With like a 70-yard screen pass. No, as soon as it got to a certain point in the game where they got like a couple calls and then just a, a crazy touchdown catch by Amendola, I was like, all right, Tom Brady just unlocked the super secret Scientology witchcraft playbook, and they're definitely winning this game. There's no question in my yeah. mind. No, you knew it. You knew it. And now we have to root for the Eagles. Yeah. And it'll be kind of fun. I'm rooting for fights in the stands. Well, the, you're going to get those. Yeah. There's going to be people giving Double up. knockouts. See, somebody bought 10 tickets yesterday for $135,000 on the on the Patriots side. So a Patriots fan spent 13000 per ticket what? in the lower bowl. And ticket prices went down because Minnesota lost. 
Yeah, I bet. So the Super Bowl is going to be an absolute sideshow once again. All right. Pal's got a news update for you. I don't know why that just, I mean, I do know why, but I guess I wasn't anticipating that I was going to relive the anger all over again yesterday. And it happened. Oh, and then you see Harrison making plays and that boils your blood. Yeah. Val's got news right now to take our mind off it. I'm sure everything's rosy outside of the NFL. Yeah, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. A lot of clouds around today, but very mild. Just some spotty showers. High temperature, 60 degrees. Off and on rain tonight, 45 the overnight low. And then falling temperatures Tuesday. Scattered rain showers, possibly mixing with some snow showers late in the day. I'm Scott Harbaugh Severe Weather Center 11. It's 46 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Organizers estimate more than 30,000 people marched through Pittsburgh yesterday for the second wow. annual Women's March. Uh, marches were also held in San Diego and Oakland, California, Milwaukee, Denver, Dallas, Vegas, Phoenix, and dozens of other cities. The event mirrored marches happening at the same time across the U.S., uh, urging women to vote and seek public office. Organizers say this year's turnout is larger than the first march held on Inauguration Day in 2017. Scarlett Johansson, Viola Davis, and Natalie Portman were among the A-listers who joined the march in L.A. Davis told protesters to become politically active and to pressure the government. Portman spoke about an environment of sexual terrorism that led her to cover up her body as a teenager and inhibited her expression and her work. She talked about the first fan letter she got as a young teen, and it was a rape fantasy detailed to her. Scarlett Johansson used her time to bash James Franco, saying, quote, My mind baffles how could a person publicly stand by an organization that helps to provide support for victims of sexual assault while privately preying on people who have no power. I want my pin back, by the way, end quote. She's facing a backlash, though, with many people calling her a hypocrite since she has worked with Woody Allen and once called the accusations against him, quote unquote, guesswork. Uh, Other celebrities who participated in the rallies included Olivia Munn, Ava Longoria, Whoopi Goldberg, and Neil Young. Senator Ron Johnson says five months worth of messages between two employees working on investigations into Hillary Clinton's emails and Russian meddling in the election are gone. The Wisconsin Republican said texts between FBI agent Peter Strzok and lawyer Lisa Page were lost because of a technical failure. It was previously revealed that Strzok and Page exchanged anti-Trump texts. Strzok was reassigned from the investigation into Russian meddling when special counsel Robert Mueller learned about those texts. Johnson learned about the technical failure after the FBI turned over nearly 400 other texts to the Senate Homeland Security Committee. Britain has opened its first ever Minister of Loneliness, or appointed rather. Tracy Crouch will take on the job of tackling loneliness there. Speaking about the appointment, Prime Minister Theresa May said, "Far For far too many people, loneliness is the sad reality of modern life. They would like to confront the challenge for the society there and for all to take action to address the loneliness endured by the elderly, caregivers and those who have lost loved ones, people who have no one to talk to or share their thoughts and experiences with. According to stats from the British Red Cross, out of a population of 65.6 million, more than 9 million say they are always or often lonely. In Scotland, a group of women at a bachelorette party had an unexpected guest, the ghost of a small boy. The women were partying on a remote estate in Scotland when they decided to take some pictures. So they set their camera on a timer and took two group photos just seconds apart. One was normal, but in the second, a small boy can be seen crouching in the background. 
Uh, the women, women were so spooked that they Googled the property and found out that a young boy who had visited there years ago with his parents had been sleepwalking during the night and drowned in a nearby lake. Oh. Oh. The Transformers are leading the pack when it comes to <laughs> That's the... That's creepy. Yeah. Uh, Transformers, the last night is the latest installment in the film series. It's been nominated for nine Razzies, which celebrate the worst films in Hollywood. It's up for everything from worst picture to worst actor for Mark Wahlberg. In second place, Fifty Shades Darker with eight nominations. Other nominees include the Emoji Movie, The Mummy, Baywatch as well. The winners will be announced March 3rd, the day before the Oscars. And I have a different view of, of bad movies now. Like I start, You ever see a, like a preview for something? You're like, how could they think anybody wants to see this stupid movie? I think of those stupid movies yeah. now as a direct reflection of... Of how dumb we are, <laughs> we're we're dumb because they've they've audi- obviously focus grouped this thing to death and figured out that this is what we want to see. I saw a, a uh, something yesterday, a trailer from like Pacific Rim Rising. It looked like Tron and Warcraft and. Oh, you know, Ready Player One is there another one I just saw? What the hell is this? Isn't there a uh, movie coming out about the video game Rampage starring Rock? Probably. It was about the big gorilla that you... you, Oh, yeah. yeah. That game used to be my jam. Yeah, I love that game. Now there's a movie about it. Of course there is. The fun thing about that movie... Is Kevin Hart going to be in it as well? I don't know. The fun thing about that game was how stupid it was. You're like, yeah, it was the big monkey destroying stuff. This is fun. Rampage. They're like two-hour motion picture (laughs) event. Well, uh, did you hear Val earlier did a story the Jumanji the 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 new Kevin Hart rock movie yeah. is supposedly a sequel. Yeah, and I not just it was a, a reboot. Remake. Oh, I thought it was a I thought it was a remake as well. But they kind of uh, And it's earned 300 million in 6 weeks. How much did the original Robin I Williams one do? Know. Not that not much. Not anywhere near that. Look, people like the that stuff. That's yeah, why Because we're dumb. Well, be, but is it that, or no. do you just want mindless distraction? No, because a movie like Lady Bird, you're gonna wait to watch it on TV. Like the dialogue-driven flicks, people aren't gonna go to the movie theater to get the movie theater experience for. It's gonna be, you know, the louder, the the more ridiculous stuff that Special you that yeah, looks thriller. awesome on the yeah. big screen. You know, that's the stuff that's going to draw people to the theater now. So I think you're going to see a lot of it. And oh my God, it, there's been 18 Marvel movies. Well, it's got so inexpensive to make those movies if you use a lot of CGI. So they come up with all this, you know, fantastical storylines yep. and uh, you know events that happen during the movie, and they can just create them. They don't have to actually film these things blowing up. They can create them on the computer. At least that's what I was taught. At USC Film School. (laughs) Bob Dylan's album, Gotta Serve Somebody, the Gospel Songs of Bob Dylan, is celebrating its 15th anniversary of release. To mark the occasion, the DVD of the film of the same title is being reissued. Uh, The film features performances and interviews with Dylan and Aaron Neville, Fairfield for Mighty Clouds of Joy, and others discussing their faith and connection to Dylan's Christian music that is now available. Uh, Forecast today, occasional rain, temperatures around 60 for the high today. It's 46 at DVE. All right, Mike's coming in next with the sports update. uh, Recap of the Penn's West Coast swing and the championship Sunday fallout. Somehow... It felt like 
reopening the wound for Steelers fans watching that all go down. <laughs> but now you got the Eagles and their hilarious fans, which like the Bills Mafia only hurt each other pretty much, you know? Yeah. They're jumping off buses onto tables that had been set aflame. Uh, but the, to me, the Bills Mafia seems more like the Farrelly brothers. Like, it's hilarious. Well, that's the point I was making, is yeah. that it was a self-contained thing. Yeah. This feels more like outbreak. Like, yes. it might... <laughs> this is a Darren Aronofsky film. It could spill out and just become the Warriors yeah. all over <laughs> they band Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> They've banded together. Yeah, they may have a new government in Minnesota. <laughs> In a couple of weeks, but it'll be fun to watch. Mike's got the latest sports next. Everything. DVE Sports. Yeah, it is the DVE Morning Show. Mike Pursuta with your sports here now on DVE. A championship Sunday yesterday gives us our Super Bowl, and uh, it's a nightmare scenario for a lot of people. <laughs> the Patriots are going to be taking on the Eagles, Eagles. in a game that. Uh, well, on the New York Post today, it says nightmare matchup. Like New York, you know, it's New Yorkers hate Philadelphia. They hate, hate the Patriots. So this was their least desired outcome. But that indeed is going to be. They got a root for Philly, right? Well, I am. You have yeah. to. I mean, if you're a Steeler fan, your love for the Steelers is approached only by your hate for the Patriots, right? Right. I mean, you can hate Philly, and you probably do, but you don't hate Philly as much as you hate New England. I don't hate the Eagles, though. I don't know. I hate the Flyers. I kind of hate the Phillies. You hate the fans. I do. They're... But you still got to hate the Patriots more than you hate the Flyers, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. I'm just, this is. Yes, uh, I do. I'm taking a shot at uh, figuring this out, you know, collectively. But The transitive property. I just, you know. Every, My sports hate in its goes order, right? Patriots yeah. and everybody else. Now, maybe after the Eagles win the Super Bowl, you hate them worse. But for no. now, you don't, right? I wouldn't mind. If it meant not seeing the Patriots win again. And, boy, I can't believe the amount of people I talked to around the country yesterday uh, that, that are just sick about the Patriots winning again. Like, it's just boring. So I thought yesterday was phenomenal. Just looking at it from a football standpoint, how Jacksonville came out and hit them in the mouth early. Yep. And had them reeling a little bit at home. And then New England loses Rob Gronkowski. And at that point, it's pretty clear the Patriots' offense is going to have to do something. It's not like they had a 14-point lead and they lost Gronk. And they were still able to get it done. Third and 18, yeah, that, that play, the touchdown pass to Amendola was just remarkable execution on both ends. Yeah, It's, it's great football. I mean, if, if you take the logo off the helmet and put them in a white jersey instead of their normal stuff, you've got to look at that and say, wow. Yeah, but I can't do that. All I see is the bad guy. Bad guy won. Another win for the Empire. And he had, you know, 12 stitches in his hand. Yeah. So every he's, he's Michael Jordan. I mean, he, he is top five athlete all time. This is what, his eighth Super Bowl? Yes. In 16 years? He's been to half of them. That's incredible. Yeah, I still hate him. And I hated seeing James Harrison out there helping them win the game. So I, I, and I understand how messy this year was. I think there's a lot of blame to go around. I think the reason that Harrison is no longer with the Steelers is half on Harrison and half on the Steelers. 
But to see the guy who has given his heart and soul to this game for a long time, the vast majority of which he was giving it for the Steelers, to see him still be able to do it, the way he was rushing the pass in the fourth quarter, I was just blown away by that. Yeah, and why wasn't he doing it for the Steelers last weekend? Because they didn't think he could do it. They and, were wrong. And then he threw a tantrum, and then they decided that uh, it's okay if he goes and plays for someone else. We don't care. But, but it just, Yeah, it's no longer subjective to say that they were wrong in their assessment because they were. He we, did it. We saw the game. He did it. So the arrogance of the Steelers, once again, this is – Coach Tomlin, there's this arrogance of we don't need you. Fine line between confidence and being self-assured and trusting your decisions and, and being arrogant. Yeah, that's a, That word applies. I agree with you. And I hate that it does. But Mike Tomlin should have been a lot smarter about this because this was his call. Get rid of him. He can't help us. Boy, Daniel McCullers, thank God we kept a spot for him. Or just suspend him if he's doing all this just stuff. pay him to stay home. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you're done. Just be you're, smart. You're sitting out the year. Go take your acupuncture and uh, you can go somewhere else next year, but you're not. You're because not that would have been Big Ben that he was sacking at the end of the game. I, I mean, we all knew that Without was coming. Talked about it as soon as. That was supposed to be yeah. us. One bright spot to that loss to the Jacks. We were spared the indignity of seeing Harrison yeah. strip sack. Seeing see what you saw against Jacksonville and what you saw down the stretch from the Steelers, would you have felt better if they went up to New England and lost again? No. I, no. I, I would think you'd have felt worse. No, no. It I would still feel been, bad it right now. Way worse. It still feels like a loss yesterday. Still feels like I took a loss yesterday. Yeah, because they won. Yeah. Anytime they win, it, it feels like a loss for us. Also, I wanted to punch Tony Romo in the throat. Really? He Here's the thing. He's so good... At knowing what is happening on the field, what should happen, but he never shuts up in between that. Like, just, he needs to take it down about 10 notches. He could use a little polish to it. Just his, shut up. He's pool. really good. His, he's insightful beyond anybody I've heard in a long, long time. I agree. And his, Right out of the gates, too, yeah. And his emotion and excitement for the game adds to the ambience, I think. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, he's never been this far in the postseason, so <laughs> of course he'd be excited. No, but I mean, even the opens, he's oh, Jim Lance, I can't wait for this one. We got to, you know, it's kind of like the way when Gruden started on Monday nights, and then Gruden, I think, eventually became kind of a caricature of himself. I don't know. I always like Gruden. I, I was tired of him by the end. I'm glad he's coaching again because I want somebody else in the Monday night booth. But uh, Maybe you'll get Romo. I, I think he's really good. He drove me crazy yesterday. It was more probably that I know the what Patriots you're were winning. He's really he is really good, but he is he has those peak annoying moments where he's just making sound effects. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. He's he's ahead of the play a lot of times. Oh yeah. It kind of makes me wonder why he's not coaching. Oh, who needs the aggravation? The coward figured that out. Right. You can make a million bucks doing that. Just you know. You're going to make more coaching, maybe, but is it worth it? Speaking of coaching. Yeah. We all know the uh, Patriots beat the Jaguars and uh, the Eagles crushed the Vikings. Uh, did uh, anybody hear about the Joe Hayden interview with Rich Eisen? I saw oh, yeah. On the uh, NFL Network, on their pregame stuff. 
Yeah, I saw that. Some interesting, uh, really com- interesting, interesting comments by Hayden. Uh, here's Hayden. Uh, Eisen asked him if, uh, given the failure in the first round of the playoffs, if Mike Tomlin isn't part of the problem rather than part of the solution in Pittsburgh. I would think that like 28 other other teams would love to have him as their head coach. Uh, I think he's the one of the he's he's my favorite coach I've ever played for. Um, the team loves him. We get him. Um, we definitely. I, I think that he's far from far from the problem while, while on our team. Yeah, I think Mike Tomlin. Uh, he is not perfect, and he had a real bad playoff game. The ending in that game, not just the onside kick, but not kicking a field goal late and giving yourself at least a chance to get another onside kick and throw a hail mary into the end zone. That was. What were they doing there? That was. Uh, they, were, they were trying to score a meaningless touchdown. For the sake of scoring a meaningless touchdown, I don't that they that situation was really handled poorly. Um, nobody's perfect, but he's. But he, that's too. So the 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 Patriots game was a playoff game, in a way. All right, that determined. Talk about the December game. Yes, that determined home field. Okay, and those are two games that he had that had season impacting decisions at hand that he could not make. He completely you think he he screwed no, up the New England game. He had no play ready after the uh, the the review on the touchdown. There was they I, had no idea what they were doing. They went out there no, and didn't have play. a game plan. They had one. They had one play. No, they threw the ball to Hayward Bay before they threw it to James. Right, but, and and Hayward Bay was supposed to drop it or get out of bounds. Right. All right. So what happens then? He they, does they it. Trusted, so now what? They oh, trusted oh. Ben in a chaotic situation, and I'm not going to say that was the wrong thing to do. The pass got intercepted, but it could have just as easily have been a touchdown. I don't think that was handled. Do you think poorly. you do you think the team knew what was going on there? No, that's the whole idea. They didn't know when they threw it to Brown against Dallas either. When you run a fake spike, you sell it by nobody doing anything. And if you look at the Patriots, none of the Patriots were doing anything either. One guy covered Rodgers running across, and they had a bunch of guys standing there. So you don't think they... Mike Tomlin deserves any flack nope. for the way for the that, Patriots game ended? No. I applaud it. I applaud it the way I applauded going to Wildcat with Le'Veon Bell in San Diego a couple of years ago when a field goal ties, and he said, you know what, we're winning this right here. You got Ben Roethlisberger, man. That's why you got Ben Roethlisberger. Seemed like it was more confusion, even on the quarterback's end, after the game. He didn't come out and say, here's what here's what the plan was. Well, he saw what he did. Well, yeah. I mean, you saw him signal to Eli Rogers. You saw him fake the spike. And then you saw him throw the ball. He said after the game it wasn't a fake spike. I don't know why he said that. It's this on is tape. what I'm trying to tell it you. It wasn't. Well, it's not on Tomlin what Ben says after the game. But the rest of the team, I get that they don't need to know what's going on. I don't know how you can say, like, no, it's good that nobody knew what was going on. Because that's how those plays are executed. No, I know they're supposed to fake, but when Le'Veon Bell is just standing there, right. I'm not he, sure you're putting your best foot forward. Well, you can argue about who he signaled to. Well, that's that's hey, that's what in, that's throw, what my complaint is. Let's throw it right to in the same spot with almost nearly the same play that the Patriots intercepted in the Super Bowl last year. They're never ready for that. I had more of a problem with who he was throwing it to. Yeah. I, on the last two plays of the game, you're going to DHB and Eli Rogers. I mean, Antonio Brown was hurt, but and that's DHB was playing the Antonio Brown spot. I don't know if, if at that point it bends on muscle memory and. He knows that that receiver is going to be coming across on that play. You know, Brown probably catches that and runs into the end zone for all we know. 
but it was DHB. Now, is that Ben not having awareness, or is that just something that happens when you have change? Uh, the throw was a little late and a little behind. If he makes a little bit of a better throw. Now, it was a tight window, and it's, it would have taken a great play, but that's what you have Ben Roethlisberger for, to make great plays. I personally, I just I don't. If I have Ben Roethlisberger, I'm not kicking a field goal from the seven yard line and going to overtime. So against, is the head coach on the sideline going? I wonder what's going to happen, and you think that's a good thing? I think yeah, trusting Ben Roethlisberger in a chaotic situation. Hmm, I hope we win. Let's all watch. Make a play, man. You're you're a football player. Here you go. One play to win the game. Just like Belichick. There's no way. I would let him off the hook for that one. Well, no way. We, we disagree. Um, the the Jacksonville thing was messed up from the two minute warning on. Yeah, that shouldn't onside kicked. Who's messed up and, in the first half? Well, I'm, I'm just talking about decision making and the, fourth down, the running of the game, going for it on fourth down, play yeah, calling on fourth. I don't down. mind going for it. Yeah, it's the play calling. Yes, right. Well, okay, that's part of it. One time it was the play calling. The second time. Roethlisberger had Eli Rogers open short for the first down, and he had, he tried a much more difficult throw to Juju Smith-Schuster, who was covered, but the ball was perfectly placed, and it hit Juju Smith-Schuster right in the hands. hands. Yep. All right, let's take a break and come back and then talk a little bit about what happened yesterday. We got some more uh, Hayden. No, all right, we'll get to that too, but let me, okay. let me take this break and then more on that next. Stevie. All right, it's the DVE Morning Show. Mike Pursuta here to uh, finish up what we were talking about there. Joe Hayden giving an interview to Rich Eisen in the NFL Network talking about how the team views Mike Tomlin in the wake of a season that left Steeler fans disappointed and many wondering if he should be the coach of the future. Yeah, and part of the reason they're wondering, I'm, I'm guessing, is the revelations uh, late last week, Eddie Bouchette in the Post-Gazette, reporting that Le'Veon Bell missed uh, all but five minutes of the walkthrough prior to the Jacksonville game. We had heard from Bell via Jeremy Fowler of ESPN talking contract and potential holdout and potential retirement before the Jacksonville game. Is uh, One of the subjects that uh, Rich Eisen broached with Joe Hayden yesterday morning was, uh, is Le'Veon Bell a problem? Is his attitude uh, affecting the players in the locker room and the atmosphere and all that stuff? Uh, I really don't think so. Um, I think uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of things that's going on. I think Le'Veon just understands his wealth, understands his wealth, understands how good of a player he is. And uh, everybody in that locker room, we know how good he is. He just wants to figure out what what his value is. He understands the the, the market for running backs are going down, and he doesn't feel like he should be put in that category. Okay, so uh, is his attitude? For the lack of a better phrase, does that permeate the locker room? Do you guys feel that and then sense it and it affects what goes down on the field? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. I mean, Le'Veon, he, he puts in work at practice. He works hard, just works, works as hard as anybody on the team. And then you see on every week what, what his production talks about. You can't make that stuff up. So um, he's, not a, he's not a problem in the locker room. Um, everybody loves him. It's just at the end of the day, we, we understand what it is, too. Like, Le'Veon, we know how important you are to the team. And, and you want to get your money. Um, and uh, we just know how the business part works out. And I think he's uh, being sincere there because I think what the players realize more than anything else, number one, it's that everybody got to get their money. And when a guy is acting with his money in mind, he's given a wide degree of latitude. Nobody complained when he held out 
uh, going into training camp. Uh, held out is the wrong uh, technical phrase because he hadn't signed his franchise tag. He he skipped camp. Opted out. Yes. Yeah. Um, he wasn't under contract and in violation. He just didn't have a contract because he wouldn't sign it. Um, he's a phenomenal player, and they all know that. They they know what he does, and he makes them better. You more dynamic. You are allowed to act in an NFL locker room to the limits of what you give to the team and how you can help the other guys around you win and make money. And they all know that he's about as good as it gets at his position, right? Uh, but does he have, you know, is it incumbent on a player to uh, help inspire other guys in the team through their behavior? That's the million-dollar question, and that's potentially the issue. When Antonio Brown does knucklehead stuff, he still extends the ball and beats Baltimore and wins the division, but is Eli Rogers not progressing as fast as maybe he should because he thinks he can act like a knucklehead? Is there a ripple? He can't. Is there a ripple effect? Uh, Is Mark Davis Bryant adversely affected? (laughs) Right. Uh, Are they not getting what they should from the secondary guys and the complementary guys because they think they're all pros? Now, as a coach, once the uh, toothpaste is out of the tube, that's it. Very tough to put it back in. Very tough to put it back in. Ask Dan Bowsma. Yeah. So that's the perfect example. And you know, because Dan Bilesman all of a sudden tried to be a hard ass at the end because they needed it. Yeah, and, and they weren't and they weren't having it. So they brought in Taskmaster. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Mike Johnson. So here's where I think the Steelers <laughs> need to go now. If, if they think that the way some of these guys act is a problem, I, I asked one of the veteran players on locker room cleanup day. I said, you know, are you guys on point? Are you? Do you need to tighten it up in terms of uh, being more detail oriented? Is the operation running the way it should? And the response was, "What do you want, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell to show up on time?" Like, it, there are allowances made based on talent, right? But if that is a problem in the locker room, I don't think it's up to the coaches to deal with it. Here's what Marquise Pouncey had to say after the national anthem fiasco in Chicago. And then they were getting ready to go to Baltimore. And Pouncey announced that everybody would be standing on the sideline for the national anthem to, quote, go out there and do the right thing. And if someone decides not to, then they have to answer to that. And there was, there was no misinterpretation of what he was talking about. If, if the veteran leadership of the team doesn't like what's going on, then the veter, veteran leadership of the team needs to deal with the perceived issues. A lot of people put that on the coaches because I was talking to you off air about this, Mike. One of the things in the SI article about Brady and Belichick that was sort of illuminated was this dynamic between Brady and Belichick, even if it was a sort of wink and nod relationship where where Belichick would excoriate Brady for his play and take him to task in front of the whole team because the ripple effect that it, that it said, like, look at this guy. He's the GOAT, and I'm treating him like an actual GOAT. And smacking him around in the in the meetings. Her Brooks and Mike Ruzioni on the night. You think USA you're going to get away with anything? Brooks had a deal with the Ruzioni where he would yell when he was yelling at him. If he said a Ruzioni, he was yelling at the team, and if he said Mike, he was yelling at him. And that's how Ruzioni knew. Yeah. Well, we need uh, something like that. But I mean, the, the the veteran players have to handle the room. I think more than the coaches because players just by nature are are not going to pay as much attention to coaches as they are their team. All right, so who is it? Cam Hayward and Pouncey have yeah. to go out there, you know. I'm just if Ben Bell is, has never been a guy to if like. If Bell is perceived as a problem, now you just heard Hayden say he wasn't, but if he is, maybe Pouncey needs to go up to him and 
lean him against the wall and say, hey, jackass, enough. Maybe. I don't know. It's it, Is it better to have all pro players who are eccentric and kind of running their own show, or is it better to have two or three guys at that position who are, are good? Well, Which is what you would do at and running then you're back. Not as, and it's kind of like you look at Philadelphia. They don't have any all pros, the Eagles, but they have – Three, four backs. They have a bunch of receivers. They have a bunch of tight ends. Clearly, yeah. they have at least two quarterbacks. I don't know. Right? It's, None of those guys are going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, the, but Patriot, going to the, Super Bowl. the, the Patriot way is we're going to deal with a superstar quarterback and then everybody else, everybody is a else team falls guy. in line. And the Patriot way, which everybody likes to cite for good reason. I mean, that ESPN article painted a picture of Tom Brady having his own quack doctor and his own. Uh, rehab and training facility and his own diet and influencing... Much to the chagrin of the head coach. Influencing players to go use that stuff instead of the team-prescribed uh, trainers and doctors and all that. Unless you know. you're Jimmy Garoppolo, then you get locked out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jimmy, we, didn't, we thought you were coming oh, to Sorry, man. Uh, no, no, next door. Keep yeah. walking. No, 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 it's further down. Yeah. Further down. He's giving him the De Niro at the end of Goodfellas. Further treatment. down. I gotta go, Jimmy. <laughs> right in there. Right he's in there. Right in there. Right I, in there. I wish I had a, a hard and fast answer. They must do this and not that. I don't think it's that cut and dried. Um, no, because that seems to fly in the face of of sort of what what was portrayed to me at least in the first half of the article. But I do think the Steelers need to approach their off season. The last couple, three years, they were getting one step further in the playoffs, and they were dealing with some really bad injuries in the playoffs. And I think going into this year, there was reason to suspect they were on the right track. They were very close. They were on the verge. I don't think you look at them as right knocking on the door now because they're clearly not better than New England because they can just never beat New England. No. Uh, They lost twice to Jacksonville and two tries at home this year, so they're not better than Jacksonville. They are, in fact, worse. Two ass kickers. So there's two teams in the AFC that are behind right off the bat. And you look at that Philadelphia team, I don't think they're as good as the Eagles. No, uh, you can't uh, You can't give a long-term contract to Le'Veon Bell. No. I, I, at this point, you franchise him, and you know Ben's got three more years. You're not going to tie a, a lot of money up in a guy for five years who probably only has two more yeah. years at the top of his game. And if he goes to a team that doesn't have the same offensive line and that the, the style that he employs, the older you get, a lot hard. It's a lot harder to keep that burst that he has right now. Or yeah, you know, do you keep him one more year, or do you cut him loose? And now you got fifteen million to spread around him and my and get rid of Mitchell. And go too. get some do you, defenders. Do you, you go get some defensive guys, and can you find a rookie running back in the third round like Kansas City did? And then you're just it's all on Ben. And it, well, that seems to be that the direction they're they're inching toward with the uh, offensive coordinator change. Well, how many rushes did they have against? Uh, Jacks or uh, yeah, Jacksonville last week. Not enough. More, more than fifteen, but definitely not enough. Not enough. I, yeah. Well, you need a well day more kind of guy. The other thing I think they need <laughs> to do is get a much better grasp on what they're dealing with from week to week and how the offense and the defense have to work together. Uh, what they're capable of. All we heard from the defensive people, Keith Butler, Cam Hayward, and Mike Mitchell specifically was that, oh, those 231 rushing yards they allowed, there's an asterisk there, and there wasn't. They couldn't defend Jacksonville's run. So, right. so the idea would be to keep the Jacksonville offense off the field, right? 
And at the same time, you're going against a Jacksonville defense. All they do is sack the quarterback and turn it over and score. So how do you avoid that happening? You run the ball. You don't come out in five wide empty sets and start throwing it all over the yard even before you're behind 21-0. I can't believe, though, Mike, back to the earlier point about Le'Veon Bell. I cannot believe that the Steelers are going to be better by losing Todd Haley and Le'Veon Bell. I can't believe the Steelers would think they're better with Randy Feekner than with Todd Haley. I know Todd Haley screwed up on fourth down. I know there should have been a, a quarterback sneak there. I know him and Ben don't get along. But if you think Randy Feekner is going to be better than Todd Haley... Based on what? Tell me why. What makes Randy Feekner with zero history? We are in a crunch time for the Steelers. The guy hasn't been an OC and called play since Memphis. It wasn't like he was at some huge college program doing it. And that was years ago. What makes Randy Feekner? Why should I feel comfortable about that guy? Might be a great guy. I don't know. But what? why should I feel like, yeah, we're going to win it next year. We got Feekner. Now that that bum Haley's out of here. Well, let me ask you this. We, there was a camp, and I don't know if you guys were in this or not, where, oh, let Ben call all the plays. Go no huddle all the time. Let Ben do what he wants. Seems to me that's the direction they're We're going to see that for a season. Does that make you better or worse? Yeah, because Ben is the de facto offensive coordinator. Yeah. Well, I think he was to a more of a of a degree than we'll ever know in the but past. But now year. there's no doubt because before it would be like yeah. if the play went well, he audible to it. And I'm if not it didn't. That I'm was not the sure play that's that wrong. Called. By the way, I mean I wouldn't. That's not the way I would go. But he is a rare talent, and he's still at the top of his game. Bradshaw called his own plays, and he has weapons. Um, they got, I, they got to definitely change something to get back to my previous. It's not like you're still progressing and you're right there knocking on the door. You've taken a major step back this year. Now you got to deal with that. That's as far as I've gotten. Well, I hope that that is the case, that this is indeed like Randy Feekner is going to learn on the job from well, Ben. And he's gonna, yeah, and he's going to I hope he's Ben gonna do what he can to make Ben feel good and keep Ben up and put Ben in the best position to succeed, and maybe that works. I don't know. I hope Ben can drop the occasional tendency to beat Tin Cup. Got to lay up every once in a while. Seems like he's better than he used to be, but he could he could make more strides in that area. 18 rushes versus Jackson. Yeah, that's just not enough. 18? What? I mean, you're down 21 nothing. Is that for Le'Veon or for the team? 10 team. minutes to go Because a couple of those quarter. were Roethlisberger scrambles. Team. Those were planned passes that became runs. Team. Yeah. All right, quick break. We're coming back. Val has news. What's up? We're going to talk about what turns men off. Patriots winning. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow, watching those games yesterday pissed me off again. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was so <laughs> mad. Anytime the Patriots are playing, I'm not going to be happy. Like, Serena and I were watch- hate watching that game, and honestly, it's crazy because she hates them more than I do, which, we were- is, which is insane. We were doing work on the house yesterday, and I said to Tim, I have to be done by 3 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so you can do whatever you want. Partway through the game, I'm like, ah, oh, Jaguars are winning. Oh, yeah. At the end of the game, I went to him, and I said, the Patriots won. He said, how do they win? I said, they scored more points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you moron. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. <sighs> why? Why does it? I, f- I feel like I get pulled back into it. I feel like I'm arguing about a relationship I used to be in. 
Yeah. Pretty good description. Every time you see your ex on TV, it, it burns. <laughs> Val's got news for you right now on the DVE morning. So Super Bowl set, Patriots, Eagles, and uh, sounds like a good one to uh, bow out after halftime. Is that for sure? We're, we're allowed to do that? I mean, we're allowed. Well, you know, we watch stuff to talk about on the air. So yeah, can that's we, right. Can we just I don't, Yeah, I don't care if you don't watch it. <laughs> Good, because I really don't want to. Oh, I'm going to hate watching. <laughs> no, I'll probably get drunk and yell at the commercials and scream about the Steelers for four hours. Because you, you watch every play through the context of the Steelers. See, this is what we don't do. <laughs> right there. Yep. Is it just me or are the commercials not as epic and great as they used to be? People, they, they found that the like research has come back on a lot of these. It's spending a lot of money is like pointless. And, and with the internet they now, re- they tease them. And I was going to say they released, released before. Yep. Right. Like all the money the, that the uh, league spent on, I'm not sure if it was the league or if it was CBS, that they spent on the John Malkovich commercial. Did you even see that Where yesterday? For like the being John Malkovich thing? It's a four. It was a four-minute commercial of him, and he was like, "Did they play it last year?" No, it was about the Jags and the Patriots game specifically. Oh, no, I didn't see that. So it was a four-minute-long thing where he was filming a commercial, and it was behind the scenes of this promo that he was going to run, like a teaser for the game, and it was very John Malkovichian with an orchestra, and he was complaining about the production of the game and how it didn't really match up with what he was supposed to be doing there and that they were missing the story. And as he was getting mad about what they were filming, he started talking about David and Goliath is what you have here. It's a classic tale. And then he kind of like breaks into the run of what they wanted him to do to get you fired up for the game. And there's an orchestra playing in the background. And, you know, he's obviously the Patriots were the Goliath and had the Jags as David. And I was watching that thing and it was four minutes and 20 seconds long. And I was thinking, how much money they spent on that, and probably nobody sees it on you know the broadcast because you're not really tuning in for the pregame too much. Most people, so you have to you justify this this stuff now by Bill's earlier point that the viral aspect of your ad is as important as anything else. So by spending the money to just get the exposure on television for the Super Bowl. I mean, that's it's a lot of money when people are able to kick stuff up online and get just as many views. Yeah. If you can come up with some kind of viral campaign. But, you know, there are I can't remember how many million people watch the Super Bowl and over 100. Right. But I'm not sure if the people in Brazil are going to be taken with your product. Mm -hmm. You know, what if it's for Brazil nuts? (laughs) They got a lot of them. (laughs) They're like, we've already seen this one. This is our. These are our nuts. No flus in the room yet, right? No flus in the room. No, doing Mike good. Mike had a touch of whatever last week, but he's back in action. All right. and Serena had a touch of something at the end of last week. She was down for the count. How many days? I didn't get it. Two. Well, that's pretty good. Did she, she Two days, get a like flu shot, though. no, she, it wasn't the flu. Oh, it was some kind of stomach bug thing where she was. That's what I think. Pursuit in has. bed for two days. Oh, mm. so you had uh, kids full time for forty eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So a lot of TV I time. A little older. No, I, I I had to keep them out of the house. Oh yeah. So we just went out yeah every night and had to do Boost. something. So we went no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went to Hula Hands at the mall and uh, I just got <laughs> wasted. A bar crawl. 
Really good happy hour. Daddy needs a cocktail. (laughs) No, I took him to the mall, and then I took him to this place called Fun for All up in North Hills. Oh, good. It's really fun, and it's like an hour away. (laughs) For for all. Well, good. Then Serena got to sleep it off. All right, so we are, let's try to stay flueless. Another huge advantage of the new DVE studios. You made it to your deadline. I made it to my two two, uh, week deadline. If the shot has any effectiveness at all, efficacy at all. It's nice not to be doing a show in a broom closet. Right. We used to make each other sick all the time. Although I was at the uh, show at Brillo Box on Saturday night, and there was a guy in the room who was who had the flu because mm. he was supposed to. Everyone the knew band. about him. Did he have? I don't to know wear, if everybody like, did, but signs? I found out about it. And I'm like, you have to tell him to leave, man. Yeah. I'm like, it's typhoid Mary. He's gonna bring us all down. <laughs> you want that on your head? Get rid of that guy. So the, the dry January is over, right? I had two uh, the uh, Steeler Sundays locked into my dry January. So I didn't have one yesterday. So I use that as my Saturday night. <laughs> There's no way you haven't drank more than twice. No, twice. Well, he doesn't say how many he had when he drank. It definitely bled over midnight, if that matters. He <laughs> 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 was playing darts at rigs at 245. But other than that, you know, did good. You don't believe me. I don't. Mm-mm. Where would I have slipped? I don't know. Anywhere. I haven't done it. I've not been home dinner? L- lamenting the Steelers. Yeah, dinner. Not dinner. I've been eating at home. I'm doing great. You got no <laughs> proof. <laughs> you <laughs> you tell yourself that. <laughs> you sound guilty. Whatever. You can hire Mueller. Do whatever you want. You're not going to get anywhere. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center <laughs> forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. A lot of clouds around today, but very mild. Just some spotty showers. High temperature, 60 degrees. Off and on rain tonight, 45 the overnight low. And then falling temperatures Tuesday. Scattered rain showers, possibly mixing with some snow showers late in the day. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It's 47 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. It is true, stress can make you physically sick, especially if you have allergies. Michigan State University researchers found that immune cells become highly activated in response to stress and release chemicals that can lead to inflammatory and allergic diseases like asthma, irritable bowel syndrome, and severe food allergies, and stress can increase the risk of cancer. study out of Japan looked at thousands of men and women between 1990 and 2012. For those who reported a lot of stress or a significant increase in stress, the risk of developing cancer was 20% higher. Researchers saw particularly high cases of liver and prostate cancer. study also suggests that stress could weaken the immune system in general. Do you think that there's a difference? Like, can you handle it better when you're younger? Like, if you have, like, horrible stresses in your 20s, like, can your body fight that off okay? But, like, once you get, like... Well, you probably... Like, if you were in your 50s and you were still a movie mogul and, you know, had nonstop stresses and you were chugging Tums every day that that would have an exponentially worse effect on your health. Yes. Right, All right, yes. thanks. I'll take that to the bank, pal. <laughs> if you are not happy with your job, which may be causing you stress, and you're considering switching employers, you might want to consider joining a company that offers better fringe benefits, which uh, is the case at Basecamp, which is a tech company. It gives its workers unbelievable perks, like $100 per month for gym memberships, which you could join two gyms for yeah. that. 
um, at least two gyms. Three weeks paid vacation, $100 per month for massages. There we go. 32-hour, four-day work weeks in the summer, $1,000 every year to continue your education, and probably the biggest perk of all, a one-month sabbatical for every three years spent with a company. This is amazing. I want to go to base camp. (laughs) Where is it? I don't know. It's a tech company. Probably Silicon Valley. Majored in the wrong stuff. I knew that, it. That's why that's why it's a hundred dollars for a gym membership. If it's anywhere out there, it's probably a hundred bucks minimum yeah. to, for a gym. Right. I like would, you're going to the rat hole of wherever neighborhood that, that place is in. I keep saying we need a staff masseuse. In this building? Yes. Maybe we can just get Big Bob to come around every <laughs> once in a while. Pound on you. Yeah, he looks he's got soft hands. <laughs> you work your shoulders yeah, over yeah. here a little. Just one of those seated ones, you know, where you have the sure. uh, the donut uh, thing for your head. No, we'll yeah. just do everybody takes a day, like we have chores. So or we could do it'll be it like, like your a... day to do it. No, I don't. Sean, I don't, Sean I don't McDowell's day to do, do it. it. <laughs> no. Mark Madden has to give everybody massages. This is not a bad idea. Or we could just do it in a circle. Circle like <laughs> <laughs> circle massage. You do the guy in front of you. Yeah. All right. Well, you okay. know that's that's called a human centipede. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be in the front or the no. back. Hmm. While many sports fans no good, might think... No good spot in that, <laughs> in that line. While many sports fans might think sending out messages on Twitter while watching a sporting event would distract the viewer from what's going on, a new study says just the opposite. Tweeting during games helps fans be even more involved in the on-field action and improves the overall experience. Researchers monitored subjects by tracking their eye movement and brain activity during games. And sure enough, those who were tweeting were 31% more engaged in the action and were able to remember 35% more about what went on than those who were not on social media. I felt like I was uh, mourning the Steeler season with Steeler fans again yesterday. Yep. Yeah. Just complaining about the Patriots. They, you know, they never get any... They never commit penalties. Amazingly, there are never any flags against the Pats. No, anytime New England plays, it's like hair of the dog for the desperation that comes after we lose to New England. <sighs> like you're right back to where you were at the end of that game. Oh. I started saying to myself, Jesse James caught the ball. I'm like, why am I? <laughs> like, they're not. This is not this game. Survive the ground. <laughs> so, what turns men off? Any ideas? The Patriots. <laughs> that too. That's not on the list. Uh, commitment. Uh, yeah, this maybe that's part of it. Baby fever. A new study found that trying to have a baby is by far the biggest turnoff for men. When men were participating in trying to conceive, they were 22% less interested in having sex, which makes it more of a mood killer than depression, being tired, or even having erectile dysfunction issues. Researchers say there might be a couple of reasons. One, men feel like trying to conceive takes the passion away. Yep. And two, it can lead to serious frustration if a couple is having problems. Well, every time it's depicted in the movies, like it is always shown as a hurry up and help me with this. Yes. Hurry up. It becomes Let's go. very time time specific. Yeah, Do your time, job. Yeah, it's We it's, have an appointment. Yeah. It's like technical. It's like practicing. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's like work. 
I don't know because no we passion. never we were never <laughs> trying. <laughs> so I don't know from firsthand experience. No, it's the people who are trying. It's but like, I have to imagine that's a burn. Those people never like name their kid after the place they conceived him. Right. You know. Uh, Randy, you <laughs> allegedly. My daughter would be Tony's wedding, and <laughs> I allegedly what? Are having a dry January? No, it had stipulations all along. It had two Steeler games built in. But, but that means if there's no Steeler game, look, I didn't, ma- you know, I didn't. You guys are the you, ones. No, you made this up. No, I did. We not. didn't make it up. A dry January is a totally dry month. Well, I said I was going to go dry January, except for the Steeler games. <laughs> and I, and how many I, Steeler games were there? One. But there should have been two. We got robbed. So why would I, you know, deprive myself so of the been, second? You've been robbed of the delight of drinking. That's right. You didn't so drink yesterday for no. watching those games. No. He drank Saturday because there was no Steelers game yeah. yesterday. Did you I, go out Friday night? No. You stayed home. Yeah. So you, when you go to dinner. But he has a bar in his basement, <laughs> so I just don't know. He doesn't have to go. How out. could you do that? I didn't. I, I'm, you know, it's not that big a deal. Well, uh, apparently there is something <laughs> called Veganuary. Oh, God. People make, make go a resolution. Yes, yeah, to go vegan for the month of January. More than 100,000 people have signed the pledge to go vegan for the month, which is not really very many. How many people? 100,000. Yeah. I could not go vegan. Those, are, those people are already vegetarian, probably. Right, probably. They're one step closer. Yeah, just don't eat eggs. Vegans tough. Yeah, not vegan's just no really meat. Tough. Vegans, that's like, a that's a commitment. No dairy, no dairy, no yeah. seat, nothing, no cheese. You get toe cheese. <laughs> oh god! Are you allowed to do soy in that or no? <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you have to wait till the weather breaks so that you can you know eat wood chips. Oh, that would be. I mean, there's awful. just there's nothing. There's not, there are not a lot of choices. I have a couple of friends that have gone vegan and actually swear by it. Like they think that they have more energy and it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with them in terms of just the amount of crap that I eat and just the repercussions of eating that. And it's, it's a lot of work. Oof. Oh yeah. To eat vegan. Yeah. Yeah. You got to call ahead to the restaurants. There's a lot of bean soaking and stuff like that, yeah. isn't there? <laughs> Go soak your beans. <laughs> Wait, have you soaked your beans this month? Because it was supposed to be a dry January, dude. Uh, so uh, dude, I dried. No, I have dried beans. You soaked your beans. Not you, my beans. You got to reset. No way, man. Dried beans. Rush guitarist Alex Lifeson is shedding light on the current state of the band and its dim possibility of recording more albums or performing live. In a recent interview, Lifeson revealed that the band has no plans to tour or record anymore, adding that after 40 years, quote-unquote, we're basically done. In the past, drummer Neil Peart has expressed his intention not to tour again, and Lifeson and Getty Lee confirmed the band would never perform again unless all three agreed to do so. I wouldn't be surprised to see him do uh, limited runs, like in Toronto, they'll do like five nights or mm-hmm. something like that. But I, I don't anticipate no big tours. any tours. But I do More hope albums. they do that again. I hope they give... I won't even want to say give the fans because I think they're going to want to do it. I hope that, that Neil will want to do it. But I, I bet they're relieved that they're not... Hitting the road this summer. Well, that, that they don't have the pressure of like having to come up with new stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see them in concert. Where do you think they would play if they came here? 
Did I don't they know. play I, I uh, saw PPG? Them. I saw them at Console many times. Yeah, PPG. Yeah. I saw them out at now KeyBank Pavilion. Yeah, because you can so. put another 5,000 people out there. Yeah. And at this point, Robert Plant may feel he has to come up with distinctive ways to answer the nagging questions of Led Zeppelin's future. Uh, at least it seems that way from what he said when asked on KFPK Louisville if he could ever see himself recording with Jimmy Page again. He replied, quote, I have no idea. It's not even within my countenance to imagine it, really. Uh, Push for more by the interviewer who noted that Zeppelin are near and dear to the hearts of their fans. Plant insisted that they are to him, too. In fact, he insisted nobody more than me, but that means he doesn't want to do Zeppelin a disservice either. It's tough because you see other bands who you think depended on their youth for their sound, which I think Zeppelin totally Mm -hmm. depended on Robert Plant being, you know, that young voice. Um, The Who had a really tough time in the last five years because of that. The hope I die before I get old thing, the irony of that not lost on the audience because it was a really tough sit for a lot of the Who fans who went to see Roger Daltrey struggle with a lot of those songs. But Black Sabbath, you think like, you know, Ozzy's the one who doesn't get enough credit, I think, for being able to do the same stuff he did when he was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Because Sabbath's last concert that was, did you see that film? They filmed. No, this. I've only seen bits and pieces. I haven't seen. He sounds movie. awesome. They sound great. Well, he also isn't one of those high voiced singers. A lot of what he did though has that. Like you could see a lot of old guys lose the ability to do that. I don't know how Ozzy kept his voice so that it sounds exa- like when he's doing Paranoid, it sounds like him back in the day. Mm-hmm. Are we a hundred percent sure that's not an impersonator? Because <laughs> I felt like they've been weekended burning him for the last at least five years. But that might be Have the you? secret to why that guy can do it. Because he's been so heavily medicated for the last 15 years that he literally doesn't use his voice until he gets he on stage. Strand. He's just like, I mean, for, I mean, you know, 10 hours a day. He can't figure out how to get a TV dinner over. Have you watched any of the Jack and Ozzy no. adventures? You should. It's, no, I want to. It's it's pretty good. Where what, what is it on TV? <sighs> Mom, yeah. Dad. We're going I'm not to go sure fishing. If it's on the travel channel, maybe. No, oh my god. The Osbournes is one of my favorite shows ever. But it's just oh. the two of them driving all over the country together. Sounds great. Yeah, it's anything not... with Ozzy, I'm in. They go and make He's chocolate and TV Hershey for me. one day and because oh Ozzy yeah, because Ozzy seems very like, endearing. He he seems immune to the ability to be affected by producers telling him to fake something. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, Hogan knows best, you look back on it and you're like, that was all fake, obviously. No but like you can't imagine producers are like, Okay, Ozzy, we want to portray it like this now and that he's able to actually receive yeah. all that information and go, All right, all right, all right, so I'll do that. You know. Uh, And this news broke over the weekend. Tom Petty died of an accidental drug overdose due to a variety of medications he was taking. Fentanyl. Fentanyl, man. Coroner's report says a number of Tom's organs failed due to mixed drug toxicity that brought on his cardiac arrest. He was on several pain meds for that fractured hip, including oxycodone, Xanax, Alexa, and two types of fentanyl, one which came in a patch. Yeah, that's the fentanyl patch, man. (sighs) Yeah. That's even more tragic because it's just he. I knew it wasn't his time to go. So well, young, man, sixty-six. Uh, Ozzy and Jack is on A and E. By the way, mm-hmm. all right, we're gonna take uh, a break. Mike's coming back with sports update. A look back at Championship Sunday. Uh, in addition to that, we'll preview this weekend. Our buddy Greg Warren is going to be in town at Club Cafe. 
on Saturday night. Tickets available at clubcafelive.com. We'll uh, preview that appearance. Plus, Greg will be hanging in studio with us this week, too, which is uh, pretty cool. Mike Florio from uh, Pro Football Talk at 9.30. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Let me ask you this in the risk of derailing this entire segment. In the wake of what we now know about the culture surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers, seeing James Harrison in the Patriots jersey yesterday, helping the Patriots win the game. When it came to crunch time, he made three crucial plays that helped the Patriots get to the Super Bowl again. In the wake of everything we now know, does James Harrison breathe a little easier walking around Pittsburgh that he might not get heckled for doing what he did? Has the onus now been placed on the Steelers organization for Should letting Steeler him fans go? Give him a pass for tantruming his way out. Yes. Well, I don't think they should give him a pass because he's really not good in coverage. Well, that's all we ever heard. I would. Uh, to me, body of work trumps a messy ending to what was a great romance for a long time. And they split up, and then you got back with the ex for a while, and it worked out pretty good. And then you realized that it had to end, both sides. One of the most bizarre and contentious careers for a potential Hall of Famer with a, with one club. Yeah. By they the way, cut him, what, five times, six times by the end of it? It was at least three before he ever got rolling. And then they let him go to Cincinnati when he wouldn't take the pay cut. And then uh, this last time, so yeah, I think five. He had, uh, by the way, three solo tackles yesterday. He didn't get credit for the sack or the forced fumble. How? They gave it to uh, Kyle Van Noy for some reason. But... 32 snaps for James Harrison, which was 43% of the defensive snaps, and the Patriots allowed 20 points. And he also played seven special team snaps. So the argument that, well, you can't dress him here because he can't play teams. No, wrong again. So they were, the Steelers look horrible for having let him go. Bad call, yeah. Their only solace is that he didn't help beat them. This is a true statement. (laughs) Yeah. Mike Tomlin, by letting James Harrison go, helped the Patriots get to the Super Bowl. Correct. Correct. I don't know, how else could you interpret you that? You can't. It, it's, that's just what happened. Yeah. And why? That hurts. Because of arrogance? Because of, was it a, was he looking out for his professional best interests there? Was he actually trying to do James a solid? They were at first, but when, in retrospect, all the stuff that came out about sleeping in the meetings and leaving the game, you know, leaving Cincinnati when he found out he wasn't going to play and all the, all this yeah. conduct unbecoming stuff. They were trying to protect him because of their respect for him and their appreciation of him, but they weren't going to play him. So in the last and five how years... How is that behavior different than Le'Veon Bell showing up when the walkthrough is almost over and showing up late for a game? A game! Yeah. Marquee player versus... Is it really? Yeah. It's... Backup player or yeah. at least... Assessed hey, he backup for, player. He made it for kickoff, Val. So the Steelers in the last five years have <laughs> he let... didn't come running out in the middle of the first quarter, putting his helmet on. Oh boy, that traffic was a bitch. The Steelers in the last five years have let go. Of, <laughs> is it five years? Let go of two guys that have helped the, uh, the Patriots win the Super Bowl. Yes. Yes. How does that make any sense? How did they not learn from the Legarrette Blunt I debacle? Do not know, Randall. 
that by letting James options. Harrison go, they were about to help the Patriots. They had Did they options. not go, huh, do the Patriots need somebody like James Harrison? Yeah. And I'm not even, if, if you think he stinks, but put him on ice. Shelf him. Put him on ice. You just played, you know they, they needed a guy like James Harrison. Their rush was miserable, shaky, and they had injuries. Shaky front seven was the Achilles heel of that team. What if uh, Blake Bortles didn't have to step up in the pocket to make that throw? Does he maybe put a little more air over it? Does he win the game right there? All I know is he got consistent pressure in the fourth quarter. When they off, needed it. Coming off the edge, when the game was there to be won or lost. That signature bull rush. We could have used it, that against Jacksonville! Don't have just to do anything edge, fancy. Mike. Vince Williams was tweeting in James Harrison's honor yesterday. More reason for Vince to just... Oh, he's back to Vince. Oh, was it because was he not killer enough? Clearly he wasn't. Yeah. I don't know if that's why he put the V back, but he's not Vince anymore. Well, I got, you got another reason for him to put the V back. <laughs> so uh, who do you like or who do you hate the least, I guess, is the question in Western Pennsylvania. Patriots going for number six. To tie the Steelers, the Steelers won't have that. We've won more Super Bowls than anybody else thing to hang over everybody's head in the bars on the road trips and at the Let's other. Let's go Eagles! Are you kidding me? Or do you want Philly to win? Do you fly, really want the, Eagles? Do you fly. want Philly to win a championship? Yeah, no. We concede the, the you know the Wawa sheets argument for a week, and you two weeks and you root yeah. for the Eagles. They I should would, probably Crisco the uh, Liberty Bell either way. I would think that's the way <laughs> to go. Uh, one thing that's fascinating about this game. If you hate the Patriots, you're not alone. This is uh, an Associated Press story quoting Jay Cornegi of the Westgate Las Vegas Sportsbook and uh, talking about how the line, uh, the early line is five and a half, New England by five and a half. And Cornegi says, quote, this is the only event where we make a line that depends on public opinion. There's so much more money from the public on this game than you would get from the so-called Sharks. They come in here, and they just don't want to root for the Patriots. <laughs> so in other words, what, what he's telling you is more people are betting on Philly just because, at least in the early going here. So that line is smaller than it should be. They think the Patriots are better than a five-and-a-half-point favorite, but every Joe Blow out there is betting against them just to bet against them, and that's keeping the line down. So the early word is Patriots at five-and-a-half is a good price. Yeah. Right? Definitely. There was a headline yesterday that said three men in a Brady because New York uh, it's Daily like, News, right? Or was it the Post? Yeah. It's it's like Foles is just a man. Brady's a goat. Brady was incredible yesterday. Stood up to the face of that rush and brought his team back from down 10. Did it in the fourth quarter. Did it on third and 18. Third and 18 was the game. And the, Down 10 in the fourth quarter. The throw to Amendola, the... the the mustard on that ball and where he put it in the exact spot where he had to go up and get it and only he was going to be able to go up and get it and Amendola got it and came down in bounds and survived the ground. That was great stuff. I, I, I get that people hate that the Patriots won, but man, was that compelling. Dramatic. First game was great. Second game was more laughing at Eagles fans, basically. How about how they trolled the skull clap thing. By the way, that is the dumbest of all of the fan routines yeah. that have been developed over the years The from the tomahawk, chalk, tomahawk chop on. That was one of the weirdest ones. 
That looked very yeah, I don't even know what the, Aryan. That's some Norwegian thing? Or? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it is Aryan. They stole it from a soccer team, yeah. Oh, they did? Yep. I guess they took over the steps of the art museum. There was a bunch of Vikings fans in Philly. Oh, there yeah. was about 100 of them. By the way, they should be thankful that their team got beat as bad as it did. Yes, they should. Because had they won that game, there could have been some problems in Philadelphia. A lot of people would have been life-flighted out of there. It's really not a place where you want to wear your other team's jersey and walk around and make a lot of noise. It just isn't. No, it is. They're famous for that. I went, they, look, they beat the snot out of each other in yes, the parking lot. I mean, the vi- the footage from the park. Life imitating art. That was the scene out of Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And yeah. that guy was there. Oh, that's Who, Bradley Cooper? Yeah. He was there wearing his jersey. I don't know if it was uh, Deshaun Jackson. But he had an Eagles jersey. I don't know. All I know is they had... Mike Trout was there. They put Crisco on the light poles downtown. Well, they do that. Did you see they were were highlighting this 99-year-old fan, Maggie, from Minnesota? Afterwards, there's like four Jagoffs marching right down Broad Street with a thing that says, F Maggie. (laughs) (laughs) They They were trolling that thing. Uh, they were hilarious the whole time. I mean, they're violent, and it really it could be fun. I mean, had they, to your point, had they lost that game, it, it, it might have been bedlam. Incredibly violent. Yeah. The police put out. <laughs> Can you imagine if the Vikings would have pulled that out on like a 51-yard field goal at the gun. Or a bad call. Those people would have just got pummeled. <laughs> if they got jobbed. Yeah. Oh, the, my God. The police put throwing, out a warning. They were throwing beers at them. They were throwing beers at them. Full, full beers. beers at Vikings fans on the way into the stadium. Yeah, just people walking in, not doing anything. <laughs> the game hadn't started. All right. I'm laughing now because I'm not involved in it, but that I is that's horrible. It's the police yeah, warning businesses to close up and take any potted plants or anything. They were just like <laughs> batting down the hatches, prepare for Armageddon. If we win. That's so funny. <laughs> if the Eagles go to the Super Bowl, we can't protect your business. No. All right. <laughs> hey, we're going to talk with Mike Florio coming up at 930. We're going to ask him about the soap opera that continued after the Steelers lost, the levy on Bell News, the hiring of Randy Feekner, Todd Haley to Cleveland, is that going to be happening? Again, Randy Feekner and Keith Butler, are these really the guys? Surprise Steelers fans aren't haven't come around to that yet. What do we know about Randy Feekner? Keith Butler's dad was an all-pro for the Browns. That's great. And he's well, really everyone was pay- Todd Haley didn't play football. He doesn't know the Randy Feekner didn't play football. Nope. What do you got coming up here, Val? Uh, does a man's testosterone influence his taste in music? Well, you might be surprised. We'll talk about it. Okay. I would suspect it does. Yeah, Definitely me too. Definitely influenced mine in uh, a negative way. <laughs> Quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> DV. It is the DV Morning Show. Another chance at $1,000 in workforce cash coming up after 9 o'clock. We're going to talk with Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk at 930 this weekend. Our friend Greg Warren will be in town. He's going to be performing two shows at Club Cafe. You get tickets to see Greg Warren right now at clubcafelive.com. And Greg will be in studio Wednesday and Thursday of this week. Here's Greg. I think I've told you before that my parents uh, are getting to the age where, like, everything in their house is is broken. <laughs> like, we play chess. What do you mean? Like, just every... There's six pieces missing from our chess set. <laughs> So we replace them with pieces from my mom's nativity scene. <laughs> yeah, right. We're playing chess yeah. with a Virgin Mary, goats, wise men, 
my uncle Cheech. You know, it's like Uncle Earl, that's a pawn. You're not supposed to move him backwards. That's the son of God, boy. Move him whatever the hell he wants. Show a little respect. It's his birthday. Jesus takes the queen on his birthday. Fella can walk on water. He can damn well move backwards. I'll tell you that right now. And they're fighting over, uh, this has been going on for about five years. Five years they've been fighting over the dryer. Uh, my mom says we need a new dryer. My dad says we don't. And the fights are just getting more and more intense. And for a while, I've said, uh, I think the next logical step is they're going to start taking out political attack ads against each other. <laughs> Colleen Warren wants a new dryer. We don't need a new dryer. Colleen Warren wants to waste our money. Money that could be spent on a new security system for this home. <laughs> Colleen Warren wants terrorists to invade <laughs> our home. This ad was paid for by me because I'm the one with the damn job in this house. <laughs> Jerry Warren says the dryer isn't broken. Just like he said the air conditioner wasn't broken, the car wasn't broken, and our son Greg's arm wasn't broken. <laughs> Haven't we had enough of Jerry Warren? This ad was paid for by Jerry Warren, and he doesn't even know it. Jake Isles, Peter Wolf's still doing some really cool stuff. Yeah, didn't he just put an album out like two years ago that was really good? He's put out a couple like, albums in the ago. last uh, few years, and he, I believe, was opening for Tom Petty on a lot of those dates on that last mm-hmm. tour. Uh, the statement from Tom Petty's family that was issued on Friday, I believe, told of the cause of death, which was an accidental drug overdose. It wasn't because he was partying. He was just trying to kill the pain from his hip. That Broken just hip. Sucks. Oh, um, what do you got coming up next, Val? We're going to talk about how a man's testosterone affects his uh, choice in music. And we talked last hour about how trying to have a baby turns guys off. I'll tell you the uh, things that women did to try to get pregnant quicker. So it relieves this pressure on you guys. Thousand bucks in workforce cash. Dry January is over, right? I had two uh, the uh, Steeler Sundays locked into my dry January. So I didn't have one yesterday, so I use that as my Saturday night. There's no way you haven't drank more than twice. No, twice. Well, he doesn't say how many he had when he drank. It definitely bled over midnight, if that matters. (laughs) 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 He was playing darts at Riggs at 245. But other than that, you know, did good. You don't believe me. I don't. Mm -mm. Where would I have slipped? I don't know, anywhere. I haven't done it. I'm not been home dinner? L- lamenting the Steelers. Yeah, dinner. I've been eating at home. I'm doing great. You got no <laughs> proof. <laughs> you tell yourself guilty. that. You sound guilty. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Fake news. Fake news. Do you have a bar in your basement, yes or no? Yeah, like everybody's got like a yeah, well, basement area. Do you ever have friends over? Not as much as I used to. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any friends over this month? No. Oh, look your smile. <laughs> Don't believe that. <laughs> I haven't. Get out of here. I haven't. I don't know what you're talking about. You've drank at least five times. No way. At least. Two. Dos. <laughs> Two well, Steeler games. The, what is today? The 22nd? You still have over a week. Yeah. Well, I won't be. So no drinking. Well, I can't. 
Pro Bowl. Why not? Because I'm get, no, getting, look, I'm the Steelers cut. are coach in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> oh, that counts. I'm allowed to drink for the Pro Bowl. <laughs> hey, this, technically, that's a Steelers game. We should have made the Super Bowl this year. We should have won it all. Right. To Tom so, yeah. Right. So that. So you got to drink there, but that's not till February. Yeah, right. So no, I'm not. I don't appreciate the lack of support in the room. <laughs> it's not support. It's my, disbelief. Uh, yeah. I think it's jealousy is what I really think it is because What's I accomplished in- something that uh, and you guys don't want me to. <laughs> no, I want you to achieve your goal. You guys don't want me to do it. It's okay. It's fine. That's okay. I'll, I'll be the one in, enjoying the fruits of my dry January minus the two Steeler games. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. A lot of clouds around today, but very mild. Just some spotty showers. High temperature, 60 degrees. Often on rain tonight, 45 the overnight low. And then falling temperatures Tuesday. Scattered rain showers, possibly mixing with some snow showers late in the day. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It's 48 degrees now at DV. Oh, the news is brought to us nice. by Sport Clips. 48. A week ago, it was it's minus four 8. Four below, yeah. So it's, this is better is my point. Yeah. I can't take the yo-yoing of it. I, it's, it's brutal because you know it's going to get cold again. <laughs> oh, yeah, no but I don't doubt. know if it's going to be. I hope it's not that teens every day cold. Everybody's trapped inside. Everybody's sick. See, this is why I think the flu gets worse. Because everybody stays inside? No, I think the yo-yo stuff Mm -hmm. plays, wreaks havoc with viruses. I don't know about that. I don't know anything. I don't know. All these nights I haven't been drinking, I should have studied that. (laughs) (laughs) Delta Airlines is rolling out stricter support animal policy beginning March 1st. Passengers who wish to take their support animal aboard a Delta flight must show proof of health and required animal vaccinations 48 hours in advance, Delta said in a statement. Travelers with psychiatric support animals must have a document confirming their pet can behave. The airline says it's intended to keep untrained and sometimes aggressive animals from traveling without a kennel in the cabin. A lot of animal news today. Uh, they may be called man's best friend, but it seems women have a better understanding of dogs. According to a new study from the University of Budapest, women are better at knowing what a dog wants when he growls or barks or otherwise tries to communicate. According to the study author, women are likely more empathic empathic, and sensitive to others' emotions, and that helps them better associate the context with emotional content of the growl or bark. And if you're a man and can't understand your dog speak, scientists are creating a bark translator that could be available for use in as soon as 10 years. The device will be based off an algorithm uh, originally designed to translate prairie dog vocalizations into English. Scientists found prairie dogs have specific vocalizations and facial expressions they use to communicate with each other. The same goes for basically all animals. In many cases, animals have complex languages that can indicate a threat and even warn pack members what a predator looks like. So using artificial intelligence, researchers hope machines will help us decipher those complex animal languages. Are almost all of the dog's barks related to questions about you leaving? (laughs) You're not leaving, are you? I'm so happy you're back. You're not going to leave again, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Please don't leave. Does a man's testosterone determine what type of music he likes? 
Researchers have found that men who love heavy metal and men who are into soft rock have something in common. More testosterone. James Taylor. A lot of testosterone. Men with less are more likely (laughs) to prefer jazz or classical. Scientists say they believe it's because people with higher levels of testosterone are drawn to unsophisticated music. Researchers found no link between testosterone and musical taste in women. Is it possible to have no testosterone? Because I think I'm there. Maybe. I think I've hit rock bottom. I wondered about that with you because the girls. Do, yeah. you, do you have your period at the same time they do? I do. We all synced <laughs> up. We're in line with the moon. Because there's no way to avoid that. There's got to no. be a little bit of a softening. Yeah, no, sure. my favorite song right now is the Tori Kelly uh, Nationwide insurance commercial. <laughs> oh, my, yeah. That's my jam right now. It's a good one. Yeah. She's good at that. She's really good at it. I don't know. Do you just once in a while? Do you just want to go out and like you know, caveman it? Set, yeah, set kill, fire a, to kill a deer in Bird Park and then take it home and eat it. No, <laughs> it's totally no. gone. No, no you want to name it's, it and bring it home. It's really weird. Like I had guys asking me if I wanted to go out for the UFC fight, and I was like, Nah, I'm gonna stay at home and watch Frozen with the girls. <laughs> yeah, but thanks well, that's anyways. A good, that's a good dad thing. No, I'm all Very in sweet. at this point. Yeah. But the, but I worry That's about myself. That's not the feminization of you. That's just being a good dad. It's both. But you and s- yes, the <laughs> feminization for sure. But you you'll be able to bounce back on a moment's notice. Like, uh, did you find uh, you were any less angry at the Steelers game than you would have been two years ago? I was. It if was you ever different. Wanted, it, I always watch the games by myself because I'm a horrible fan and I melt down and I go negative early and I never come back. Right. That's why I don't want anyone else to see it. So I actually went to the game, and watching everybody else flip out really kind of curbed my appetite. Like I didn't lose they it. They were doing it for you. Everyone around me was losing it. Yeah, including one of my buddies who's been positive. Throughout everything, all the drama this year, he was like, we're going to the Super Bowl. This is, by the end of it, he was like, mother effer, what are you doing? Run a play, run the ball up the middle. So being with all women all the time has softened your edges. No question. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think having daughters should be mandatory for guys. (laughs) Mandatory. At least having to be around, you know, raising a child, raising a daughter. Should be That's, mandatory because guys are monsters. That's why it's I true. think that me having all brothers makes it easier to do this job. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> you were no primed. Yes. To deal with primates. All men, yes. But both of my sisters have that same ability. There's a, there are a difference between girls who grew up with, with brothers and those who didn't. Yeah. Like, there's no daintiness in my sisters at all. Yeah. They weren't allowed to have any. I have uh, one of my no, sister-in-laws. My yeah, one of my sister-in-laws or sisters-in-law, there were five girls in their family. Oh, so there's no... Yeah, and it, the funny thing is... Rolling with the punches two, with the boys type of attitude. One, two of them are always fighting. It's two, di- it's two different ones, different but there's one? always oh, yeah. two of them Combinations fighting. are endless. Real housewives. Yeah, not speaking to... I haven't <laughs> spoken to her for however long. Mm-hmm. Now, my sister grew up tough, too. Like, she... I mean, I remember walking her up to a house because I was making her fight some girl who she had a, <laughs> she had a problem with. I was like, you got to fight her. 
<laughs> you got to fight her right now because I'm not dealing with this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you fight her and, and get she her. fought her. Good for her. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's funny. We well, talk- make sure you teach your daughters the same lessons. Yeah. No, I'll walk them up walk to the them house. right up to the There's house. No question. Fight her. How you doing? <laughs> hey, excuse me. Can you step your outside? Daughter here? Yeah. My daughter wants to fight your daughter. <laughs> I want to fight them in the street. Uh, we talked last hour about how baby making turns men off. Not... Well, that, yeah. It's the, like the pressure. We got to make a baby. Yeah. So what are some things ladies can do to get pregnant so you don't have to force your man to have sex with you <laughs> all the time to get pregnant? <laughs> a new survey found some of the strangest fertility tricks that couples have used to increase their chances of making a baby. If the woman bicycles her legs in the air for at least three minutes after sex, <laughs> 58% say they did it and they think that's what helped them get pregnant. Really? Thirty-nine percent say they've used the old, "Oh, I don't really want a baby." Like reverse the psychology. old reverse psychology. Oh yeah, just, well you're gonna have one. This is an eighteen-year mistake. Thirty-seven percent bicycles. Thirty-seven percent say eating dark chocolate every day helped them get pregnant. For thirty-two percent, it was drinking pineapple juice. Ten yeah. percent are convinced that wearing socks during sex helped them get pregnant. Yeah, that makes a lot of biological sense. 5% wearing green and using green sheets because green is connected to fertility. Okay. Uh-huh. 6% believe that avoiding arriving for a week after sex helped them get pregnant. Build up the uh, arsenal. <laughs> 3% eating McDonald's fries immediately after. Really? Got a baby cooking. <laughs> da 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 one percent believe their man wearing frozen underwear helped them conceive. Like actually, like frozen underwear I, yeah. or the movie? <laughs> no, I don't think because that would be weird. Elsa and Anna, <laughs> is that their names? Let it go, <laughs> let it go. Yes, let it go. Right. <laughs> and less than half a percent think that think that getting your nose pierced on the left side will help. An Eastern medicine technique says that can make a woman more fertile. Fertile Myrtle. I don't know. The uh, frozen underwear thing is a little weird. Well, weird. it feels like if you want to give birth to a frozen caveman. <laughs> but you want you don't want your boys to be overheated, right? Yeah, you got to keep them on ice till it's time. Yeah, but is, doesn't ice sort of inhibit uh, the necessary flow? Maybe you just wear frozen underwear occasionally i don't know i don't know it's not a it's not a mackerel where you know you you don't need to keep it on ice until you're ready to use it (laughs) maybe you get frozen underwear i mean you gotta make them you gotta make them (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious some and then how do you get them on i don't know them on and you'd have to think those are tidy whities right? Maybe you just have to right maybe you just have to sit on one of those things that you put in your lunchbox One of those like ice bottles. Yeah. <laughs> Ride it like whatever. a horse. Yeah. Well, there you go. Fertility advice. Have a seat over here. What about that stripper we met in Vegas who said that if you stood, <laughs> stood upside stood down? Stood upside down. Maybe that's like the bicycle yeah. thing. But she that t- was to have a boy, wasn't it? She was yeah, ahead of her time. <laughs> Me, Val, and our producer Nick were at a at a strip club in Vegas when we did shows out in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh the stripper came over to our table and we're like, Hey, how are you? And she's like, you guys uh, married to me and Val? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> and she, and she, we're like, yeah, we're just trying to have a baby. 
you know? Trying I, to steam it up a little. Yeah. We're like, she's like, oh, you guys came here together. We're like, yeah, we're trying to steam it up a little bit. And she's like, you have kids? And I think you said, no, we're trying or something. And she's like, oh, you want to have a boy? You have to do this. And like stood on her head. Val was like, oh my God, where are we? <laughs> well, this just ruined the mood. Finding out you have kids. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> Sure, your son is proud of mom. Oh, she definitely had kids. Uh, <clears throat> if you ever wanted scars, to... <laughs> no, no C-section scars. <laughs> if you ever wanted to live in a house once owned by Hugh Hefner, you are in luck. The L.A. Times says the widow of the late Playboy magazine founder is putting her three-story Hollywood Hills West home on the market for just over $7 million. The contemporary-style house features sliding glass walls, multiple terraces, an open-plan living room, a home theater, four bedrooms, five bathrooms, and a game room. It's being sold by 31-year-old Crystal Hefner, who is a former Playboy playmate. Crystal and Hef married in 2012. Former Dance Moms star Abby Lee Miller will be a free woman soon. The 51-year-old is set to leave a federal prison on February 20th. That's after having served less than half of her sentence for fraud. Abby, who was sentenced to a year and one day in July, is being released early for good behavior. So far, she served about five months. Back in 2015, she was indicted on 20 counts of fraud for hiding hundreds of thousands of dollars in her bankruptcy case. Following her release, she will go to a halfway house. She should have been filming that whole time. A movie, you know, sort of like Dancing You Hates. Got Time Served. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Step up, take it to the clink. Something. <laughs> I want to see it. And finally, the upcoming Motley Crue biopic is in pre-production. The update on the adaptation of the band's biography, The Dirt, Confessions of the World's Most Notorious Rock Band, Came courtesy of drummer Tommy Lee, who tweeted over the weekend that shooting is scheduled to start in February. In the past, frontman Vince Neil has said the movie script stays pretty close to the book, which is uh, something they're really looking forward to. Is it like a big production with stars, or is it like uh, some one of those, rapper? Let's do it on the cheap. Some rapper I saw over the weekend, and I can't remember who it was, it was cast as Tommy Lee. But I haven't heard of anybody of any notoriety being G- cast in it. G easy. Occasional rain, uh, 60 degrees for the high today. It's 48 at DVE. The Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl. Hey, the refs like the Patriots. They just do. They only had one penalty yesterday. Mike went on a tirade this morning. He really did. 6.30. Lost it. Um, Angry Mike at 6.30 is my favorite Mike. One penalty for 10 yards. Deion Lewis gets stripped by Miles Jack, who could have run for six, but the... Refs blow it dead. Just saying. First person to congratulate Tom Brady after they won? The ref. Uh, The Rob Gronkowski hit in the ear hole. (sighs) Boom. Brutal hit. But he it looked like the guy leads with his shoulder. I don't know. Richard Sherman came to his defense yesterday. Saying, hey, what's he supposed to do there? Let him catch the ball or take his leg out and end his career? He led with his shoulder. They ended up making helmet-to-helmet contact. I don't know. I think there's probably a, a, a better way that they NFL would like you to do it. But those are one. Of, that's one of those in that moment, split-second decisions that need to be made. It's just, it seems like that's part and parcel of the game of football. And if it were a Steeler, I would be raving mad. Oh yeah, that the guy targeted him, <laughs> and I would have a completely different take 
on what went down. But objectively, since I hate the Patriots, I didn't have a problem. With right? It. No, I thought, hey, this is the game. <laughs> Big but, Cat was so funny on on Twitter. He asked, he goes, "What concussion protocol for Gronk is just asking him what number comes after sixty eight? Yeah, and seeing if he laughs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably how they did it. But apparently, he was just going, wow." Wow, he kept saying wow. Oh like God, he Owen was broken. Wilson. Yeah, he was broke. The whole thing was like broke. just on loop. Yeah, he was on a loop. Wow. 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 So kind of scary. You know what I mean? We're going to talk uh-huh. with Mike Florio from profootballtalk.com. <laughs> Lots of Steelers news this past weekend with the Lev Bell revelations of his diva behavior going into the game. Mike Tomlin and company lets Todd Haley go, and now he might end up in Cleveland. How can that hurt the Steelers in the division? And why is Randy Feekner a good choice? I don't, I don't know Randy Feekner at all. I don't have anything against him. I just don't know why he's qualified to be the offensive coordinator. I don't know how we got better by dropping Todd Haley, who made some bad fourth down calls. And he gets- looks like he's the line cook at Big Jim's. So I don't know. Yeah, he could be a great coach. No, I hope he is, but we don't th- know. No defensive moves on the on the Steelers coaching staff after the last five weeks since Ryan Chazier's injury. That defense was terrible, awful. But uh, keeping the coaching staff intact there. So we'll ask Mike Florio about that and a look ahead at uh, Super Bowl, which is probably going to be the Patriots mopping up the Eagles. I would guess. The Eagles are playing with lots of backups. And, uh, you know, it's the Patriots. They just keep winning. They're the best <laughs> of all time, and it sucks. It really sucks. No, it's terrible. I hate it. It's my trigger. It I it triggers me oh. immediately. I become irrat. Watching that game, I was, it was you as and if every other Steelers I was watching the Steelers lose yesterday. I felt just yeah. as bad. I think I me felt too. worse. Just because it was the Patriots. Yes. And they get away with everything. Anyways, Mike Florio next. Calm. It is the DVE Morning Show, your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE, and the Steelers season has come to an end. And once again, all Steelers fans triggered by a Patriots win (laughs) yesterday. And joining us right now from Pro Football Talk, it's Mike Florio. Mike, good morning. How are you, man? Doing good. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing all right, but like I said, uh, you know, yesterday was hard for Steeler fans to watch. So let me ask you this: uh, the uh, did the league make any statements yet about the Miles Jack uh, fumble recovery that would have gone for six if they wouldn't have blown it dead? Yeah, we got an email a little while ago from Michael Signora of the league office. He said that the ruling on the field was a fumble recovered by the defense because a whistle was blown. There could be no advance of the fumble, and that ended the play. Replay was used to determine if, in fact, it was a fumble and or if the player was down by contact, but there was no advance, it could be added. So that's the problem. By rule, the play's dead when the whistle's blown, even if it was an erroneous whistle, where in a lot of cases you'll see the officials let the play go forward, and then you can use replay to fix it on the back end. Senora said they're not told to do that. They're not told to err one way or the other because something can be fixed later. But as a practical matter, if they hadn't blown the whistle and let that play out, they could have called it a touchdown because he was destined to make it to the end zone. And then if there was any contact while he was on the ground before he got up and ran, they could have taken the touchdown off the board. So of all the things that Jaguars fans and players are salty about today, penalty discrepancies, perception that officials were celebrating with the Patriots, whatever the, the nonsense is that, that you throw up there when you're upset with an outcome, 
they should be most upset about that play because that would have made it 27-10 with 12 minutes left, and that would have been even harder for Tom Brady to overcome. Who should they blame for taking a knee with 55 seconds left and two timeouts <laughs> in the second quarter? Yeah. Blake Bortles. That's who they should blame. Yeah. Look, is, that, is that the ref's fault? Is that uh... No, 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 but that's the point. Hey, it's situational football, and the situation is you have a quarterback that you don't trust with the football in his hands in that spot because you don't want it to be 17-14 at the half when you just saw a lead of 14-3 go to 14-10. to So they recognize the limitations of Blake Bortles, and the fascinating question is going to be, do they cut him loose before his salary for 2018 of $19 million becomes guaranteed in March? I won't be surprised if they decide to throw him overboard and try to get a better quarterback because that's the biggest weakness on that team right now. And, Mike, getting back to that erroneous whistle, as erroneous whistles go, is that one understandable? I mean, that was well, a I weird mean, play. You could... Nobody knew Jack had the ball until he got up and held it up. Look, this is one of the realities of having a bunch of middle-aged men and <laughs> at least one woman out there. Without, seriously, you're out there with the naked eye trying to see this stuff happen, and your main instinct is to preserve your life, right? You've got these hmm. giants running around in armor, and you're out there in, in uh, you know, polyester with no protection <laughs> of any kind, and you're just trying to live. And you see these things happen so quickly. In Miles Jackets, two straight weeks, we saw incredibly athletic plays from me at that interception at the sideline last week where he got the ball and got his feet in. And he ripped that ball out of Deion Lewis, rolled over, recovered it, got up and took off. And I think it all happened so quickly. And it was so uncanny and so unusual that people just assumed he was down. I assumed he was down. Heck, I didn't even think it was a fumble when it happened in real time and how it happened so fast. But that, that, that's, that's the problem. You know, the NFL needs to embrace technology. The NFL needs to find a way to get these calls right. The NFL needs to have an obsession, especially as we get closer and closer to nationwide legalized gambling because it's coming. The NFL has to make sure that all these calls are as close to 100% accurate as possible, and that would have been a huge, huge momentum swing for the Jaguars and the Patriots if that, if that uh, call had been ruled correctly. Uh, I know the Jags were not happy with the discrepancy in penalties. Once again, the, the, the Patriots don't. They got one penalty called against them. Uh, but do you expect the league to uh, come down at all on that hit on Gronk that caused the concussion that knocked him out of the game? Well, Barry Church will be fine, and I don't have his history in front of me. Typically what happens is that you get your punishment based upon what your history has been, although we have seen this season plenty of guys get suspended one game for a hit that ends up debilitating a player and knocking him out of a game. So at a minimum, he's going to face a stiff fine. The question is whether or not there's a suspension that would keep him off the field for the first game of the 2018 regular season. And look, we talked about this earlier on my radio show, PFT Live. It's no longer kosher for teams to talk about these things. They don't even whisper about them. But I think it would be foolish to not think that Jaguars players, in some quiet moment in the days preceding that game, recognized among, among each other the value of, of taking a shot at Gronkowski if they could get one that would get him off the field, because that changes the offense dramatically. Not that it ultimately delivered victory, but, I, I mean, they used to be commonplace for people to talk about the value of taking an opponent out of the game. After the bounty scandal with the Saints, all of a sudden no one's allowed to talk about it or think about it anymore, but it's still a very real part of football, and, and that seemed to be the thing that was going to give the Jaguars the edge, and it makes the comeback by Tom Brady even more impressive. So now the Steelers uh, have uh, still making news. Uh, despite the, the <laughs> fact the season's over, we hear about Lev Bell's diva behavior in the weekend of the Jags game. Offensive coordinator Todd Haley gets fired, and now he could end up in Cleveland. How real of a possibility is that? Well, look, the Browns 
seemed to be determined to find themselves an offensive coordinator. They didn't have one last year, and I think the reason Hugh Jackson didn't want one, that the offensive coordinator tends to be the first option for interim head coach if you fire your head coach during the year. But now this year, I don't think he's going to have a choice. They want to have a coordinator, and I don't know if they hire Todd Haley. Look, look at the, look at the failures that we saw against the Patriots. Look at the issues we saw against the Jaguars. I still can't get over down 10 points with first and goal on the five with 47 seconds left. How do you not score something more quickly and give yourself a chance to try to tie the game and force overtime? It was like guys were walking around in quicksand. And, and you can blame Mike Tomlin, but Todd Haley runs that offense. I think his fingerprints are on it, too. And is it is it the product of bad relationships where when you get into those moments, you don't have a great plan that the Patriots or any other team that is great at situational football would be able to implement. I don't know, but you know, I, I look, the Steelers had six years with Todd Haley and they're more than happy to let him go on to some other team. And, you know, they, they must think that, that uh, he can't get it done. So probably from their perspective, they're happy that he'd be coaching a team in the same division. Yeah. They also thought James Harrison couldn't get it done. Well, that's, that's, you know, that's true. Uh, <laughs> maybe they're not That's great at point. assessing talent maybe, right now. Maybe they need maybe they need to go back and take a, a look at their overall assessment of uh, how good or, or not good people are who work for them. Mike, what's your thoughts on the current Patriots? Uh, any chance Belichick's not the coach next year, and is it good or bad for the league that they seem to be in this period of uh, untouchable dominance? Well, remember when the Steelers were winning four Super Bowls back in six years in the 70s, Pete Rozelle, the commission at the time, hated it. He wanted to have parity. He wanted other teams to have a shot at it. Now we've got the salary cap. We've got free agency. You know, the owners kicked and screamed against free agency, but then they realized, hey, this creates an opportunity for bad teams to get even better and for teams to be relevant, for teams that didn't contend to contend, and we can get a lot of variety in the Super Bowl. And now you got the Patriots back for the eighth time in 16 years with Tom Brady as the starting quarterback. So I, I think as long as Belichick is there, I think here, here's the reality. And it's amazing to me that coaches – Good coaches don't make more money than they do. Belichick, as I've heard it, is at around $12.5 million a year. Derek Carr is making $25 million a year with the Raiders. <laughs> I would take Belichick $25 million a year without question. First of all, I don't have to worry about a salary cap with a coach. But when you have a truly great coach who, who is consumed by his job, who is working all the time, who will get you ready for any situation that could possibly come up, has a plan for everything, his plans have plans. It's all mapped out down to the letter. When you have someone like that, he is worth so much more than a franchise quarterback because he'll take a regular average quarterback and turn him into a franchise quarterback. And I'm not saying that Tom Brady isn't a franchise quarterback, but the true test is going to be Belichick after Tom Brady retires. And I think Belichick's going to stick around and coach in New England just to show that he can still perform at a high level even after Brady's gone. So if Brady's to his word that he wants to play another couple, three years, this is going to go on a while. Well, it is. And let me tell you, the Patriots will never admit this, but I am very confident that they are obsessed with catching the Steelers at six and passing the Steelers with seven, especially if they can say we did it all with the same head coach and the same quarterback. And again, they don't, they don't share those desires publicly, but privately they are very, very motivated by that. And the other thing they could be is the first franchise to ever win three in a row if they can pull it off in two weeks. And, and, and who's not going to have them penciled in? for at least an AFC championship game appearance. They've been there seven straight years. So, you know, look for the Patriots to come back again next year, barring uh, something unforeseen like a, a hand that gets ripped open by a helmet in an accident in practice. And even then, it wasn't enough to knock the Patriots off of their game. It would be great if they uh, had a little, if, if the rest of the AFC had a little help in that division. 
Ever, well, that's true. That's know? true because that's how you end up with a buy. Those guys walk through yeah. their division yeah. every year with three crappy teams. You're right. You load up the cannon with all these bad teams, and you have a you have a, a one loss record that allows you to get the two seed or the one seed every single year, and uh, that's a big part of it. And if the Bills can continue to improve. If the Dolphins can get back to what they were two years ago, and if the Jets can finally, they just need a quarterback. There's so many teams out there. And I've heard the talk this year, well, we, we see Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, and Nick Foles in the conference championship games. This means you don't need a franchise quarterback. Baloney. You need a franchise quarterback. You guys remember what it was like the 20 years between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, from time to time, maybe you'll find your way to a conference championship game. Maybe you'll get lucky and get to a Super Bowl. You're only going to be a consistent contender year in and year out if you have a true franchise quarterback, and that's what the Jets need. That's what, you know, you either have one or you don't. And if you don't, you're doing everything you can to find one. And if the Jets would ever get one, then then they could uh, maybe compete with the Patriots. Mike, is the catch rule the hottest uh, topic going into the offseason eventually? Well, yeah, it, it is, and I think that maybe some wheels are already in motion to take a look at it. I think the problem is, and i got to give the league credit for self-awareness here, I think they recognize that there's a chance they make it worse. So I think that's why they've been reluctant to not tinker with it. But uh, at some point, they have to get what the rule is and how it's applied. They have to get that to mesh with the public perception. When we see a play that we think is a catch, it needs to be a catch. And at one point, I thought what they were doing, and this is when Dean Blandino was still with the league, they were deferring more to the ruling made in real time by the people on the field because at visceral reaction, it looks like a catch. We'll call it a catch. Replay review, deferring to the ruling on the field. One of the biggest problems they have now is Al Riveron, the guy who's in charge of the replay decisions. I think he disregards the standard clear and obvious evidence to overturn the ruling on the field. He goes back and he looks frame by frame, and he makes a decision at first blush without giving the proper deference to what the, the officials ruled. And that's why we see some of these these catches get overturned and people get even more confused. And so they need to work on that function. And, and I, look, I, I'm fine with the rule the way it is if it means there's no risk of it getting, getting screwed up even more. And uh, we'll, we'll see if they can figure it out. But I think they err on the side of sticking with what they have for fear that they are going to make it even worse. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com and PFT Radio also. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks for your time this morning, man. We appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Okay, we'll see you. They got to do something with that. I, Have to. Risking, I, I get where he's coming from, Florio, but to me, how much worse can it get? You got to try something else. Uh, Yeah. I think it's farcical right now, and that's not good. I think the whole surviving the ground is stupid. If If a player makes a catch and crosses the plane, touchdown. Well, what do you, how do you feel the same way about the sidelines? If he makes a catch and then goes out of bounds yes. and then drops it. The ground yeah. cannot cause a fumble. Yeah. If he secures it before he goes to the ground, it's a catch. Yeah, or, or consistent that up and then the ground can cause a fumble. If it can cause an incompletion, it should be able to cause a fumble. Right. That will be more fun. Breaking the plane should be breaking the plane. As soon as that happens, it's, yeah. it's six points. Nah, two more. It's like three more weeks of having to watch the Patriots. This is like weeks. NFL groundhog years, years, years yeah. cause didn't you? Yeah, until Brady retires, we're all hostage. It's the DVE morning show, and uh, all right, lots of ridiculous news over the weekend. 
sad stuff. We heard about Tom Petty's uh, toxicology report, and he died of an accidental overdose trying to combat the pain of a broken hip, which he battled through. On tour. On tour. Sad. His uh, family said he died beautifully exhausted. Uh, and that's just a shame. Uh, we heard the Stormy, Stormy Daniels saga played out. Now, by the way, let me just point out, this is an example where porn star has been used appropriately. She, she is, is a, star. a star. In terms of referencing. Everybody who does porn is not a porn star. Yeah, if Stormy you star- Daniels absolutely qualifies. If you star in a movie, are you not a movie star? I always judge it more on quality of performance than whether you're the lead character or not. Like if I'm <laughs> she's watch- always the lead. If I'm watching a crappy movie, it doesn't matter who the main guy is. Starring so and so doesn't mean they're a star. Doesn't mean you're a star. You got to do Gone with the Wind, man. I've never thought about the word starring before. I'm not sure where that comes from. It's because movie star existed, and yeah. then people just started saying starring. Did, Maybe. Mo- did the word, mo- did the phrase movie star exist first? Because it's not like anybody stars in anything else. Well, there were there weren't movies. It was like they were taking stage actors. You know, but those were the first a movie star. star. It's interesting. Yeah, good good example. Tom Brady is a star. No, I'm, other guys are. I wouldn't call Eli Rogers a football star. He no. does play football sometimes. <laughs> Not for a while, I guess. Uh, towards ACL in the uh, game against Jacksonville, so we wouldn't have had him against the Patriots, which means thought I would have decided it. Yeah. God, who are they going to run the fake spike with? Saturday night, Stormy Daniels capitalized on her newfound celebrity. Is she still active, or did she retire? Make. America Horny Again Tour. <laughs> there it is. At an airport strip club in Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, where wow. else would you rather be than right there, right then? The airport strip club. The club the publicized the event with a poster that read, He saw her live, you can too. So this means the New York Times and Washington Post sent folks to cover the trophy club's most anticipated act in a long time. This, this is, is all the from first- the... Kimberly Ritchie written BuzzFeed account of what happened, by the way. First evidence I've Up seen rocks. in a long time that America is taking steps toward becoming great again. The owner of... Spanker uh, with a Forbes magazine? The, uh, or is that VIP package? Probably. Yeah. The owner of the strip joint gave some weird quotes. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered, said Jay Levy, the Trophy Cubs Club's owner, explaining the relative bargain for guests, because I guess it wasn't expensive to, to see her. I got to take care of my people. I'll take advantage of the situation, but not my people. Nobody wants to be seen with me right now. The performer known as Stormy Daniels said in a brief interview, laughing softly behind an assemblage of nude pictures of herself. The line <laughs> at her table belied the point. <laughs> Everyone wanted to be seen with overflow me. crowd. Uh, this uh, account of what happened there. Uh, there were descriptions of the crowd shouting, you know, wow. Ooh, and I don't even know what that means. Uh, that's the largest crowd that's ever been at a strip club, period. Apparently, some members of the news media were like, screw this, I'm not covering it anymore, and they just enjoyed a night at the strip club. <laughs> you know, they're like, you know what? I bet they still expense it. Probably. Donald Trump's probably <laughs> taking credit for Oh, yeah. Her, you know, uh, secretly, yeah. he's like, do you see the bump in Rise her numbers? Rise popularity again. Yeah. This, uh, is Trump a, bump. this is a joke. Do you have any blank receipts? He raw-dogged a porn star while his wife was home. 
Ah. With their baby. Did you have to say raw dog? Well, he did it. Took me a second to figure that out. Raw dog dirt. I'm trying to think of what I can say, said uh, the woman of the hour, sighing and shuddering simultaneously as if to convey she'd been through an ordeal. She was in between performances, <laughs> signing autographs and taking topless photos with oglers in a corner of the smoky club. It's crazy how smoky one moment club. can overshadow 15 years of work. I like this. She's claiming that her sleeping with Trump has really put a stain on her porn, porn career. <laughs> you know? And when you say stain... It's crazy how one moment can overshadow 15 years of work, she finally said, running her sparkly purple fingernails over some DVDs in front of her. I directed all these movies. I know it's porn. (laughs) I directed. But they aren't one, two, three, F. They are serious. (laughs) That's not how they start it? Nope. One, two, three, F. I guess you can call it an audible. Dilly dilly in the middle of it. (laughs) Omaha. Donger, donger. Tequila. These were both reported in the New York Times and the Washington Post. And wow. I was reading from the Uproxx account of what happened that Amazing. night. So, look for Stormy Daniels on her Make America Horny Again tour. Now this puts everything in question. Mm-hmm. You know, because before it was just the ethics of a porn star were unquestioned. Well, thank God we don't have someone in there who's tarnishing the legacy of the Oval Office. Remember when everyone got mad? Because, who was it? Somebody had like... Their feet on the desk. <laughs> I think George W. Bush had his feet on the desk. And everyone's like, look at him! Doesn't respect the desk. <laughs> and then Trump tweeted out a picture of himself trying to solve the shutdown. No papers on the desk. Not even trying to phony it. Not even like, hey, somebody throw some of those uh, papers with, you know, blank papers that we tried to show were uh, us divesting from our business interests back in the day. Throw those around on the table. Not even caring. I'm just going to pick up the phone. Take a picture. Like you don't have a one-sheeter? Got it. <laughs> wow. Just put some stuff on the on your desk. Roy Wood Jr. said, this is the picture you take if you're getting a tour of the Oval Office. <laughs> and you just sit behind the desk you and pre- pretend <laughs> to be on a call. <laughs> like, Dude, there's no way he was actually on the phone right there. Uh, we're living through interesting times. Stormy Daniels. He's calling that strip club. Hello? Is there any... Uh, Champagne room uh, reservations. He loves this. He he does not think this is bad for his image. No. He's like, this is great. Everyone knows what a stud I am. All right, so the Forbes magazine spanking thing was a little weird because my kids were on the cover. (laughs) That was a little... So what? Me running around in tighty whities with orange spray stain on the sides of them. (laughs) That's so gross. Not an image a lot of people want to have. I fired my meatloaf across the room at her. I'm still, uh, of all that news, what surprises me the most is that Randy Feekner was named offensive coordinator and nobody has a good reason for why. Because he's Ben's friend. He's a Ben friend. Tell me why. That's all. All I want is a here's why. Didn't get one of those. We just were like, good, get rid of Haley. Did anybody ask why? I haven't heard any. What are his qualifications? There was no opportunity to ask. Mm. It just happened. And then he was. He just yeah. announced it. Why should he be the offense? Why am I supposed to be excited about that? After watching what the Steelers' offense was able to do the last couple of years, how is promoting the quarterback's coach, who has no experience as an offensive coordinator in the NFL, how is that going to make us better? Because you have a superstar quarterback, and it's basically you're letting him and a coach who's then been with him for me that. 
a dozen years design a game plan for every week. Which may not be the wrong thing. That's fine. It's all plays he's going to be comfortable with. There's yeah. no excuses now. But then you yeah. know where the you know where the onus is. This isn't the way I'd go, but I'm not saying this can't work. Me neither. Just wondering has come, and I can't believe that nobody on the defense paid for it with their job. That nobody was held accountable for that performance the last quarter of the season. After they lost Ryan Shazier, it was a joke. But don't you think that there's still hammers to drop from the player standpoint? Like, you know, they, oh, that's might, they, they might get rid of Mitchell. They might get rid of They're gonna get Vince. Rid of, they're going to get rid of Mitchell. I think there's no uh, doubt about I think it. You're gonna see what, what about Bud Dupree? I think you're going to see what you see in uh, free agency in the draft. I don't think you create a hole. you got to have an option. You know what I'm saying? You get certainly be looking for answers, I would assume. The, the draft seems pretty obvious. Inside linebacker, inside linebacker, inside linebacker. Maybe another inside safety, linebacker. Safety. But you also got to look at running back. And who knows about QB now, right? Well, is it still year to year, or is it three years there. like he was telling teammates? Don't or? even go there. That'd I think back. it's three years. I think it changed from year to year to yeah. finish out the contract. I mean, if that's the case, then you don't have to worry about that just now. But if it isn't, you do. Right. And boy, you really don't want to get caught short there. Right. Randy Feekner and Landry Jones. Oh, you're quitting after all? Yeah. Landry, you're up. Randy, make him a star. Right. That's no good. Da, 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 da. No, well, what happens if Ben gets hurt? Does he call the plays from the sidelines? Nick Foles might be available next year. He will be. It's going to be a lot of guys. You know who available. else is? Blake, Blake Bortles. <laughs> I know they say a lot of people That's will hate on Bortles bees. and maybe he's not what everybody else wants him to be, but he really isn't that great because if they would have had Eli Manning or Drew Brees or a legit Somebody could franchise throw the ball quarterback, down the field. Yeah. They, they win the Super Bowl. That defense is that good. Yeah, they were about five inches from winning that game and going to the Super Bowl. If, it, if, it, if, if he can complete that pass at the end of the game, he had an open receiver, couldn't get it over over the top. Oh, is that the play that uh, Gilmore made? Yeah, when yeah. He, when he reached, yeah, he almost mistimed it. I mean, yeah, he, he hung. If he, if he what was that third down. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that was fourth no, down. Fourth was that fourth? That was a touchdown if he, he hit it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, that was a phenomenal play by Gilmore. Oh my god. Yeah, and if he can't hang in the air yeah. as long as he did, but he couldn't. He did. And the reason that happens because Blake Bortles had to step up in the pocket and throw the ball. Couldn't get any why, arc why on the ball. Because James Harrison was there to help the Patriots win the game. So just remember, Mike Tomlin helped the Patriots get to the Super Bowl. I guess you could have said that if we would have played them with James Harrison. <laughs> I don't know. We so probably, maybe I'm being overly Probably critical. wouldn't have seen James Harrison in uniform, so. Because they just wouldn't play him. It addressed Big Dan. I'm, I'm just triggered by yesterday's events. I may be saying oh, things that I'll regret later, but I don't care. I'm pissed right now. So that, you you were talking about that as the best day of the football season beforehand. You didn't enjoy it like you usually no. do. <laughs> Sober January. Come on, you had to enjoy the Eagles fans at least. The video they were coming great. Out I love the Eagles fans. I thought, I thought the guy the, in the subway. Oh, the, oh, the subway guy that gets clotheslined. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. I really enjoyed the hell out of yesterday, bus. and I was a little part of me thought, you know, I should be working today, but that is working. Watching them games. That ain't working. You mean you should be working like, like the Steelers should be Like there. I should have been doing a pregame show and, yeah, you know. Right. 
chasing stuff down after the game and all the stuff I usually do on Sundays. But it was nice to just kick on uh, the neon lights in my den and uh, turn on the big screen and hit that switch that makes my lazy boy recline so I don't even have to do it manually. You got the Michael Scott r- rumpus room. Uh, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. And, rumpus. You know, it, you're, I love that. you're right. It's like Final Four Saturday as opposed to the – the national championship game, it's better. It is better. It's better than the Super Bowl. The in two back-to-back. Back yeah. uh, terms of the games, yeah, for sure. I, th- I thought Romo was great. The Bradshaw interview with uh, Foles was laughable. Oh, I, I missed that. Bradshaw, so he's wearing this big cowboy hat, and he's got this beard. Hey, Foles, you know, you know, you know not a name for Foles, you're a horse. You ever get lonely? I don't like the Fox broadcasts nearly as much as the CBS. No, I agree with you. But Tony Romo, half the stuff he says I think is great, and all the time I want Jim Nance to murder him. <laughs> Those two things can coexist. They, they coexist. I always want him to shut up, but sometimes he says good stuff, which is probably a Yelp review of the DVE morning show. <laughs> all right, got to go. Michelle's up next.